Salutations and welcome to Token Minority Report on Unsafe Space. I'm your minority, Beverly J. Clark. And today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. So happy birthday to Johnny Depp. Hope you like all that, those millions of dollars that you got from Amber Heard. So that's a good birthday. Uh, And boy, howdy, what a week I've had. And I am really wanting to vent this out. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on my co-host, the ever lovely angelfish, Alex Maselli. Angelfish. I like that. (laughs) I know. I just, yeah, I feel, I'm feeling angelfishy today. (laughs) How are you doing? uh, All right. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Johnny Depp. He's not getting any money from her. Did you know her net worth in the negative? I thought so. That's why I I thought, like, after I said that, like, I think I briefly saw something about how she doesn't have money, so that's not happening. But he already has millions of dollars, so. I don't think it was about the money. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mostly about, like, you know, (laughs) the terribleness and death. Yeah, yeah. I would get that, so. Um, either way, I think he's still enjoying millions of dollars. So Yes, he is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still his birthday, so win-win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of hilarious that she's worth nothing. <laughs> like, literally has debts. Yeah. Like, in the, in the, I think in a million, at least. My gosh. Debt. Yeah. Wow. And, I know like a lot of people are like, well, what, how do you make that much money? She made a lot of money and not, and had a settlement for the, her divorce too, and not, and mm. be in debt. And it's like, well, when you're that rich, there are a couple of answers to that question and none of them are pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And some <laughs> people just really aren't good with handling money though. And especially for, especially those who like getting you know, like lottery winners and stuff too, who have nothing though, that'll be like, I, I don't know what to do all this. And they spend it all. And, um, and some people I feel like are just kind of more born spenders and born savers. And cause I'm a born saver <laughs> and I hate I, spending money. I am too. Like I have, when I first became like an adult, I did not know the value of money. Like I don't think most people do when they first become an adult. And then I learned it and I was like, I am saving all my money all the time. And I do like, I'm, I like research and I learn about finances and stuff like that. And I'm very careful now. <laughs> Although I know like, our crowd is probably saying, Alex, you need to get into cryptocurrency. And they're probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I barely, I don't know. My, my thing about cryptocurrency is that I like having physical stuff too. So it just, even if it's a good idea, I don't know. I hear back and forth of like whether it's good or bad. But even then I'm just like, I, I feel weird about it only being digital. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I think just growing up poor, then you just kind of are also like, uh, that's again though too, sometimes you might be like, oh, if you get a lot, then you spend it. But I think I've always just never had a lot. So then I save like the little that I do get. And then I can buy stuff sometimes and I can, uh, I can splurge on something or another though. Cause like I've saved it. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, but then I understand it being a little bit more valuable, but, um, but I don't know, even when I was young though, not really understanding whether we were poor or not. I just also always like saving money. So, and I like to iron my money to keep it <laughs> crispy and, uh, 
Oh my god, that is a that's that's a hilarious habit to have. My god, you can't yeah. even get me to iron my actual clothes. Oh, I don't do that. It's just the money. I don't like. I don't like. I have wallets that are always long, so the the dollars don't fold because they need to stay straight. And um, but I, and I don't iron anymore. But I used to. And even I think for like my twenty first birthday or something, my friend got me an old iron that she got from like a yard sale or whatever because she knows. I like to iron money. <laughs> um, hello, Raphael. Hello, Silverlock. Hello, JB. Hello, Johnny Boy Quick Draw. Um, Johnny Boy says, pro tip, you can quickly grow your savings by adding other people's money to it. Ah, okay. And if you do it without asking, you're skipping a step too. So you just take yeah. it. <laughs> I think that works. Um, Raphael says, cryptocurrency can go up in smoke overnight. Yeah, that's what I you know, like, a lot of it, you know, you need the digital side of things. So I'm also kind of paranoid that like in the event something happens that there's no longer, you know, the digital aspects of things at all. Like that's extreme, but I'm also just, well, or you have to save the key, you know, the, the, the stuff too. The, but like, I mean, the American dollar is not exactly safe anymore. Either. No, that's so why I'm like, like gold. I mean, I'm yeah. getting into gold and silver. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, <laughs> seems safer and that like it's hard gold because it's so small and it's like worth so much and like so you have to like break off like here's just a little a little granule and I'm buying my groceries with that (laughs) for like the next month and so like it's not as feasible using when you're gonna like spend stuff but just to kind of have and it looks cool so so you're like, uh, was it Ron Swanson? You, <laughs> do you not let anyone know where your gold is? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm not going to say anything about that, though. I do love Ron Swanson. He's a good man. William Brown says, ironing the money make dollar bill or makes dollar bill origami easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've done it enough. I love origami, but I don't. I guess it's the Asian part of me. Um, but I don't do it enough. Um, okay. So I want to vent to you real quick while we, well, there aren't many people here and, and they don't care. Got a lot of animal stuff to talk about. Um, oh, actually, we should do housekeeping first. This Sunday's book club, right? That's the 12th. Yes, it is. This Sunday, House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danilovsky. And uh, I think I didn't realize how his name was pronounced. I don't remember if you said it at one point or I, at least I just looked it up and I was like, oh, it's a v- sound. It is, yeah, Danilovsky. Uh, I, so I, I don't know. I mean, that. I saw him in person at, at a book reading when he was doing his tour for the familiar volume two, I want to say volume two. Um, I bought all his books later, but that day, that day I only had house of leaves and I got him to sign it. So he, nice. he was introduced. And so like, and said, this is how you say my name. So like, that's how I know how to say his name. Um, uh, okay. That's cool. I, I don't even know what the Z, I don't remember. I probably looked it up at some point, but I don't even remember what it stood for, but, uh, I don't know either. Actually, <laughs> I've never, the only reading I've been to is, uh, uh, shoot. What's his name? David Sedaris. He's hilarious. Mm. Like, I mean, I love his writings and, uh, and just what he reads them too. Like he is, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, you are the kind of person I pictured when, when reading this. <laughs> I've been um, to a lot of readings, not since 2019, though, obviously, like a lot of things shut hmm. down. Um, but I went to readings maybe three or four times a year, at least with authors. And so I have this 
two two stacks of books all signed by the author. Wow. Uh, so, and some of them I got when I was in college cause they had, they would bring, uh, writers there cause I was in creative writing. So yeah. Uh, one of them was Tim Brockmeyer. He was really amazing. But then like, uh, I met Tia, Taya Obrek. Oh, she was awesome. She was so cool. Um, she did the tiger's oh, wife. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I love that. But yeah, like I, I'm, I've met a lot of published writers, a lot of debut writers too, actually. Mm. And I just, I have multiple stacks of books with their autographs in it. I met Terry Brooks <coughs> <once>. Nerd. <coughs> I know. <laughs> Especially saying I met Terry Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome though. Yeah. And the readings are own. Like if they're good at the performance side of, you know, reading out loud though, then yeah, it can be enjoyable. And I just, I do remember, and I got, I got my book. What did I have? Naked. I think I might've gotten it there for, of David Sedaris and he signed it. He signed it with a drawing of an owl, I think, which was uh, kind of too bad because my friend who I went with, she loves owls and he did not draw one on hers. So I don't know. I'm not sure what, why that happened. But uh, um, yeah. That you was had an event, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we keep missing this. <sighs> okay. But again, January, oh, sorry, January, June 12th, House of Leaves uh, book club, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so my event, oh my gosh, it has been a heck of a week. Uh, let me start off with Sunday. Um, there I was closed, sliding the barn door closed in the evening and a bat fell on my arm, not a baseball bat, the creature of the night bat. And, uh, so it it fell on my arm It like, just like thudded and then onto the ground. And I didn't realize what it was. And then when I looked down and saw that it was a living thing, the night shrieked. Uh, (laughs) and then I was like, is it hurt? Cause it's not moving rabies. I'm going to go grab gloves. So I went to get gloves and then I picked it up and it was still just like really slow and, and and it barely moved, but its mouth would like slowly open when I was like holding it certain places and it would just, and it was kind of terrifying because I'm like, you do look like kind of like a vampire, <laughs> like it had a whole bunch of fangs. So it just like, ah, <laughs> slowly. And I didn't know if it was going to end up biting me or not. And so I said, I didn't know, is it injured or is it going to, uh, or is it just like drowsy because it's daytime? Oh, I put yeah, it in the barn in like a higher spot that I thought might be like safe because I just didn't know like what do I do with it and then uh and then the next day when I checked it it was gone so I was like okay either you were okay and you you, you flew off in the night or something ate you I'm like either I'm hoping hoping the first thing but it's hard to tell around here so, so that happened Sunday and then Monday and then continuing Monday I uh they were <laughs> that we we've penned up some bunnies because they're all over the land and we have and then one so we have like five or six in the pen right now we're still trying to catch others and sell them and uh one of them gave birth inside a tote that we had and so there are like nine newborn baby bunnies and I'm like I don't know what to because they're always giving birth but we just didn't know one of them was pregnant and so that was already like okay we want to make sure they're warm and stuff uh those that story does not end well but continuing um I was trying to move the hook later and Lucy the rooster decides that it's time to come over and attack me so I pin him down to the ground and lemon grab my boy goose is also thinks now is my chance because he is all like he always gets chased by the rooster so then he's always scared but like now that if we're tag teaming it he he, he has a chance 
so he comes over to attack but i'm still trying to hold him down and to hold the rooster down so i like try to to like move but he he comes too fast and he just starts wing slapping the rooster but my hands are still there so he's just wing slapping my hand <laughs> and it hurts i don't know if any of you have been slapped by a giant bird before but it's wing <laughs> It is painful. So then I eventually have to let go. And then they're like kind of flailing around as the rooster's trying to get away. And eventually I have to just pull the, the goose off. And the rooster like runs off to the barn scared. And I'm like, at least I, I felt bad because he was crying, but I'm like, at least they're kind of like evening out. <laughs> so, like, because it, usually it's the other way. So it's just like, okay. So then oh Tuesday, probably other stuff happened, but at least my poor ducklings. Um, they're having a tough time because like the one is blind and the other one, we didn't really know exactly what was wrong with his legs, but it's just been getting worse the older, the bigger he's getting. And he, so he wasn't really able, he crisscrosses his legs like really, oh. really drastically and it was getting worse. So he wasn't even really able to like stand up anymore and uh, oh. let alone like walk. So even swimming, he crisscrosses. So I was, it was, it was really heartbreaking because I didn't realize how bad it was. Um, so then then Wednesday, yesterday, I take them to the vet in Pittsburgh, two and a half hours away. So I drive all the way down there. And uh, and that was also after four of those newborn baby bunnies were dead. So I had to shovel them out. Mm. And uh, so that was... You just froze there. Uh, oh, am I good? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh so then my oh so at the vet they said that the blind duck who oh I also named the gimpy duck is Dick Van Duck because uh, at first it was funny that he was really like you know f physically comedic with, uh, but now it's sad and then I named the other one Mary Tyler Molt because I couldn't think of a different one and I'm like well they're you know paired up in their in their TV show uh, and so the so MTM had I guess like the eye is sort of swollen so we got some medicine for it and then got an x-ray for DVD Dick Van Duck to see exactly what was going on with his legs and apparently he is uh, uh he's got he's dislocated knees in both in both knees um and prognosis wasn't great so it's essentially like she was oh. saying that like very like a slim chance that maybe like physical therapy can kind of help but she was pretty much like you know surgery or euthanasia were like the options but then uh so i was like well i don't uh, he's such a fighter though like he keeps trying to like stand like he's he's really toughing it out and really try like he'll he'll like use his bill to like stand up and stuff too oh. so it's just like you were such a fighter and i love it um, like we're going to keep trying, like, it, it, so it's a lot that that's why I've been just really hands-on of like trying to like help them stand and everything. Um, oh, and then, but that was more today on my way home yesterday, the day gets worse. Uh, uh, boyfriend calls, like he gets back home first and he says that our rooster has been attacked and he is missing all of his tail feathers but one so it's like usually like big tail feathers mm -hmm. that stick out and it has just one and he was so raw like it looked like he got plucked out like you know that if you're gonna eat a chicken like he plucked out the feathers so his backside is so raw um and we lost a hen too so she was just missing i followed the trail out and to a certain point until i couldn't find it anymore though so i think some predator oh. got that got her fought with him and he's uh, 
so he was like still walking around and stuff, but today now his head has just been hanging really low. So we brought him inside and cause he wasn't eating or drinking. And I've been like using a liquid syringe to try and give him like water and some egg yolk and, and other vitamin stuff too, to help him out and spraying like this veteran on his backside after like I clean, tried cleaning it up. But I just, if it's just so, it's so gross to, it's weird to see too, like how full of feathers, like when you, when you see a featherless bird and like how much smaller they are. So he's, it just looks like he's missing his back half side. Um, so I'm hoping he gets better and that his feathers grow back. But right now we're just like trying to keep him calm and, and, and healing on his own and not worrying about the hens. So we brought him inside, kept the hens in the barn, except they keep trying to escape. Um, like, no, there's going to be a predator that eats you stay inside. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's been an exhausting week so far. And I'm going to ask too, like I was saying beforehand, I want, if anyone has like engineering, mechanical type stuff, if you have, uh, what I need is so DVDs, legs are crisscrossed. If anyone knows how to like, even like 3d printing, so a design for that, cause we have one, um, the, so like a brace that helps keep his legs apart and uh but able that he can still like walk go forward and back motions with it but like they don't crisscross let me know because it really wants and i'm trying to figure out or like how to like tie you know bandage or something around to like help like get get it like uh where we can like keep the legs apart if we like tie around him or something and i don't know how to do that yet but i was trying to like think of ideas today of like what i can do to try and like makeshift something that if we can get him straight because like today it, the plus side is that like today he's when I'm like holding him down he can stand and then even on his own he's like trying to do it because he's just like oh that's what it's like that's how my muscle needs to do so he keeps trying so that's like I said he's a fighter so he keeps like okay I'm gonna lean myself up and try and stand um and so he he's actually looking better today of like because usually he's just like flailing around on his stomach um so today it has been a little bit better with that that was, and i am much more upset than i am showing right now though because i'm compartmentalizing because if i don't do that then i'm just gonna cry so <laughs> but uh yeah so that has been my week oh god <sighs> it's a lot <laughs> yes yeah I'm like living on a farm but uh and then we have cats and they just like they have hairballs and poop and, 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 and vomit and stuff too so they're a mess all the time ever uh, they aren't, aren't they always there's yeah so like every other day i come one of the my two cats is vomiting somewhere either a hairball yes. or everything they ate every like, morning yeah sometimes they vomit i think for the attention where it's just like they're vomiting nothing because they're hungry like so they want to feed me so it's just so but then and that scared me at first but now i'm just like you know it's normal and i'm whatever like i've got other other issues going on here too so it's just like yeah you're gonna puke up a hairball you're gonna poop everywhere and <laughs> so like that i'm used to all your problems <laughs> yeah the cat problems normal and although you, I, your cats get along that is actually a benefit. yeah i mean better than yours like mine uh, the girl is meaner but so they they don't hang out really but they at least like tolerate each other enough except when the boy play attacks like he'll hop on her and just like bite her scruff and then they fall and then like she growls and then she gets up and beats him up and chases him away but that's just kind of their thing like that's normal if, i swear to god if my, my two cats didn't have a door between them they would kill each other or one of them would kill the other one 
I know that you were trying to rehome the one, right? I'm still trying to rehome Missy. <laughs> like, <laughs> still send trying. her out here. Okay, put her as a barn cat and. Oh, I don't know how she would handle the outside, but (laughs) since I I took her inside, I haven't let her go back. I know most, yeah, yeah, our cats either, because I'm like, there's too many predators and the geese too. The geese are mean, so (laughs) when Corey escapes. Here here in Phoenix, there's like a thousand cats outside. Yeah, that's what you mentioned, yeah. And they keep getting, they, like, when I used to walk all the time, I swear to God, I I saw dead cats in the road. Oh my God all the time it drove me crazy it was like oh i'm i'm having a good day oh jesus no i'm not <laughs> like yeah. all the time it was horrible i'm like it was like one of the best things about no longer like you know having a reason to go walk anymore is that i didn't have to see that <laughs> so you go outside and see yeah yeah <laughs> with all yeah that's so sad and the other thing too with all this it's like making me more desensitized like the bunnies we had an issue with the bunnies last year and so then it was like I'm crying after each because there was like some illness that came through and I'm crying after each one and eventually I'm like well there goes another one that we have to bury or get rid of and that's why they have so many babies um, (laughs) yep that's exactly yeah because they I mean they're prey so they always get eaten and stuff and yeah um but uh I just don't know this O2 ho2 what they're saying and i don't know if it's bought enough to spam me to to hide or leave <laughs> i it, okay like you were there for some of my kotor live stream last thursday and after you left because you were going to bed uh i started getting bots and they had to be bots uh because oh right yeah I, you mentioned yeah as soon as I muted one, another one would pop up and they were saying like the K word and saying gas the, you know. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, I was like, at first I, like some of the stuff that they said, I didn't mind. But then like when they started getting. <laughs> I agree that, with some of these things. No. <laughs> when they got to that point, when they were getting anti-Semitic, that's when I started muting them on the channel. Because that could hurt my channel, by the yeah, way. That is yeah. a. Uh, you so get blamed like, for other, yeah. Exactly. If I didn't moderate that, that I would get blamed for that. But, um, and also I, mostly I did it because I was like, dude, I don't want to see that. Like, <laughs> like I'm totally, to me, I'm sort of like, you to be as hateful and mean as you want to on your platform, but this is my channel and I don't want to see this. <laughs> so I, yeah. I just muted them. And, um, and they kept coming back as different accounts over and over and over again. And it was driving me crazy, but not nearly as much as the fight I was having in game where I kept dying <laughs> and I kept tra- changing my strategy and failing again and again and again. And I'm, and I'm going back to it tonight and I'm like, not looking forward to it. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm already stressed out about the idea of having to do this fight one more time. <laughs> Cause it's just too, the problem with KOTOR is a KOTOR is pretty old game. It's not, it's paused combat. And you, you tell people, you tell your party members what to do. And then, and then their AI takes over. Okay. The problem with that is that they keep changing their targets so like there's like six uh, people in this fight that we have to take out and it and there's only three members of the party that's max party in this game and you have to and the best way of winning a fight is to maybe stun or freeze other 
uh, enemies, and then all three of them should focus on one enemy to take them out and then move on to the next enemy. And so on. They'll split up and then. They split up. Yeah. So the, my character, because you have a player character too in this party, does what I tell her to fucking do. But the other two (laughs) just keep, they're like. I've got minds of their own. Will I do what you asked me to do? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So then I keep. So do you have to like, maybe in Pokemon, if you don't level them up or if you, if you don't get enough badges, when you level them up, then they stop listening to you. So maybe you just don't have enough badges in the game. God, I wish there was a way, but there is no mechanic in the in this game of making people actually listen to you better. They just it's just their <laughs> fucking blanket, basic bitch AI, and it's driving me crazy. It really is. That's why I but and, and those things like you have to step away. I'm like I can't do this right now. I'm too frustrated. And then come back. Like I've done that. I mentioned DDR last week. That's happened to, in college. And then even piano too. Like if I'm trying to learn something. I'm like my fingers just aren't listening. And I ha- and then I get so frustrated. I'm like I I can't. Like I'm getting worse and worse every time I do this. I need to yeah, step the, away. The last two weeks I had to quit Kotor relatively like sooner than I would have normally. Like, than I really wanted to because of the same reason that it was Mm -hmm. doing that AI Mm -hmm. thing where I would tell them to stop and they wouldn't stop. And it drove me nuts both times. Like, honestly, that drove me crazier than the bots saying they're anti-Semitic shit. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) And I'm like, I know it's there waiting for me later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, you're directly invested in this thing here. Like, no, you're just an annoying person saying stupid stuff or a robot you're not even real yeah it's not even real uh if anything it is an attack on the on the channel but it's not a very good attack yeah yeah just mute it like just just keep muting it doing it um hello g-man welcome hey you're a math guy so i'm gonna compare that to you probably being good at some sort of engineering sort of thing so you missed out on all of the terrible stuff that's been happening on my farm here. But if you know how to keep a duck's legs from doing crisscrossing and can keep them like going straight of some sort, even for a 3D printer, let me know. Uh, for more information, rewind and then watch <laughs> the explanation. Um, okay. Well, let's get into, the, I guess, the topics that we, the, the, a thumbnail topics first and then you said that there's also some video game stuff that we could talk about and then there's also that trailer we have the boys in season three we have <laughs> finally just going to talk about how i met your father that no one cares about but we keep talking about talking about it so we're just going to get it out of the way <laughs> just we don't want to have to say it again <laughs> and then uh and then the vengeance trailer too i just watched that the link that you gave to um g-man what do you what do you mean WTF? I don't know how much clearer I can be about this. The duck's legs are crisscrossing when it tries to stand, and I need it to not crisscross because his legs, his knees are dislocated, and I think it's congenital. Um, so I need a way like bumper his legs out where he doesn't do that, so he can just be able to stand on his own. Okay, <laughs> and that you you know math. There's a lot of math and engineering. I'm just, you know, following the through line. 
Uh, <laughs> quit grooming your ducks. I have to. He can't clean. Like, I have to like dry him off and stuff too because he can't. He's just always so wet. It's a thing. Um, okay. Okay. So TV shows. <laughs> we we can. Which one do you want to start off with? I'll let you choose. Let's do How I Met Your Father because I okay. just want to get it off the plate. Get that out of the way. No, I watched the first. All right, what, what's available on Hulu and everything? And I you did. Oh, you watched all of them on there. I watched all of it, and honestly, oh, okay. I wasn't that disappointed with most of it. Like, it's I, it's, it's it's tough. Sorry, you. <laughs> no, no. Like there were characters I liked and characters I didn't like. I liked the British guy. I know Charlie. me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like adorable. He is. He's so. It's. It's kind of he's fish out of water because he's like it. He's like a like from a peered family he's or a whatever. Limey. Yeah, yeah. He's a rich. Yeah, limey. he's he's British and he's from like a, a richer family and is experiencing mm-hmm. poverty for the first time. Right. Like when in the first episode when he went on the subway, he's he he was excited. He was like, "Let's get on the subway. I want to ride the subway. Can we do that?" And then and afterwards, then- <laughs> he's like, "Oh my god, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Can people do that." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Him, I loved because he had like the this dorky charm about where I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like, oh yeah, like you're. I guess he's he he reminds me of like from How I Met Your Mother, where it's like, oh yeah, like you guys are more more dorky and stuff. And I think that's my biggest problem. I think with How I Met Your Father is that uh, uh, that it didn't have (laughs) it doesn't have it like. Hillary Duff is the star for those of you. I assume no one has watched the show but us. Um, so she's the star and she's uh, she's the Ted Mosby and girl version only. She's too like basic bitch for me though that me too. And people have, like, online, they, like, compared, like, oh, this is, like, the Lizzie McGuire reboot that we've all been waiting for. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, I I can agree that, like, if I wanted to watch Lizzie McGuire, which, I mean, I'm sure I would, but, like, like, that kind of makes sense for more toward this show. But I'm like, for, like, to kind of keep the same, like, I want, I I think no one wanted this, but, like, I really like the idea of How I Met Your Father being from Tracy, whatever, Ted Mosby's future wife. Mm Because I love the character because she was so, like, you know, like, oh, you're this nerdy guy and a nerdy girl that uh, my boyfriend and I have talked about. Like, why did he date so many women who like weren't what he wanted? He'd always like he'd always go after these women that were just like, you're more normal though. Like Tracy is just like, here's this nerd that is very similar to you. Like, yeah, of course you would hit it off, and she well, would have been fun to watch. Well, and I think a big part of the problem with Ted Mosby was that he was self sabotaging with his relationships. Oh yeah, yeah, a that too. Lot. Oh, for sure. We've t- my, yeah, uh, we talked about that because we have friends like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, like, I mean, I that's the show I put on to go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, we might talk about. I used to too until I just I can't. Your voices, like it just <laughs> brain stays awake. So I, I, I just do fan sounds because I just need the. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's like I used car to do. Sound. I used to do music. That was my big thing. I slept to music, but then I did it I one night this week. I did it one night this week, and uh, one of the songs. Well, I set my alarms as songs, and but they're specific songs. And like one of the alarm songs came on while I was. Oh, and then you just wake up. And I just, ugh, like, I was like out. It was 2 30 in the morning. And I was like, okay, I can't do that again. 
But, Again, um, if it's lyrics, I can't do that. But, and songs, <laughs> but even even instrumental, I think it it changes too much. Or especially if I know it, then my brain is like waiting to hear it too. So I need constant mm-hmm. noise. I can't even do like on and off sounds or something though too. Like something comes in, like it has to be constant so that way my brain can like, all right, you can shut off. And I need sound at all because I have uh, ear ringing, so mm-hmm. I can't have silence because it drives me crazy. Well, Sleeping is very hard for me. <laughs> uh, it's hard for me because Missy wants to wake me up every thirty minutes. But um, I, uh, I, I like how I met your mother like a lot. I did a video on it on my channel like a oh, while back. Yes. And the thing is, though, about it is that like I watched it after it was done. I usually do that for TV shows. Most TV shows I don't watch as they air. Yeah, I hate waiting now. <laughs> yeah, but like I want, so I I did a video on it, and one of my things about that show and sort of spoilers and everything is that I knew that she had to be dead. For one thing, if if you're telling your kids the story of how they your you two met, you probably would usually, say it together. Yeah, it would be how we met. The title in the setup from the first episode says that she's dead. Yeah. And, and people did call, I mean, like a lot, there are people on, you know, that, that kind of thought it, I don't remember at what point I thought, cause I just, I hadn't really con- thought much about the future. So I was just kind of watching as is. There's an episode called the time travelers, which they pretty much flat out say it because he says to was his that, kids, you know what I would do that moment? You know, like you guys would know what I do. And he yes, goes to her apartment we, and then like, and he's like, we meet in yes. 45 days. I think about that scene a lot, like just randomly. I think about that it's so an much. Intense, and then I don't even think it's I saw so it. Intense. it oh, go ahead. I mean, it, to me, it says that like, who do you want more time with that? Like you don't think about wanting more time with someone like that. You're that still knows- with that you're that, still with yeah and, and that's why I think I, I again I don't know because maybe I'm not paying enough attention because there's some things that I'm like oh that's really obvious and I just didn't see coming and then there are other things where I'm like I like oh I called this thing and I totally saw that like you know from the beginning and I think I just I don't know like because I wasn't thinking much about the mother or the end of it I just thought like oh that's so romantic of him that like he wants in a, even another 45 days but like he's so emotional and then like looking back on it later on like oh yeah <laughs> Duh. Of course you want another 45 days. She's dead. And then I think about how like, I think they're only together for 11 years. And like, that's so sad. That wasn't much time. And so it's just, uh, it's it's sad. See, that's the thing. I think it's very well written. I think that's very well done. There were a couple episodes and a couple of storylines that were just kind of stupid because the show was nine seasons long. Uh, that that's, that's going to have some bad writing in it, but when it comes to how, the difference between how I met your mother and how I met your father, besides tone, which we can get to, but is the framing device. So the framing device of how I met your mother is that he starts the story from the night he met Robin to mm-hmm. lead up to the time. And we don't know who the mother is. We don't know who she is for so long. Right. And But the framing device of how I met your father is that she the first episode she meets she what was it four or five guys i can't quite remember the number yeah she, there's charlie well, jesse jesse's friend oh my gosh um, i love him too but i can't remember his name right now oh, uh the the guy she had the date with ian i think ian yeah yeah 
and I, I'm, I'm thinking there might be a fifth one, but I can't quite remember. But anyway, so she, she met all those guys on the same day. And she says, that was the night I met your father. And she, we don't know who the dad is. And to me, I'm laughing at this framing device because of the fact that I'm like, she's telling the story to her son who knows whether or not he's fully white or half black. You know, yeah, it's like, which one could it be? Uh-huh. He knows in, in, who the dad he, is. He knows who his dad is. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Well, that's what, like, so I, I, I like the concept of it just because of be, if they did it a little differently, like I like the idea of like, this is the night that it happened because they even brought in Josh Peck's character and then they're like, oh, actually we did meet that night. And then they kind of flash back and, and I don't yeah. mind, like, I think that's fun to like insert like, oh, yeah, so that I'm was- like, you're, you're going to have to do that every time. And what I think might've worked better is if she did, went to a lot more places in that first episode though. Um, yeah. Instead, I mean, there were a few, but it was just like, I think if she went to like a dozen that way, like you met, uh, like there were so many people and you're like somewhere in there and you meet like several black guys, several Indian, several white <laughs> guys, like, then you're like, okay, well, which one? I already know what my dad's name is. <laughs> oh, you froze a bit. <laughs> um, oh God. Yeah. That's going to be the internet. Um, am I back? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I like that. And then, um, and even I think my boyfriend complained that he that was just like oh why are you doing it from the woman like from the mother showing it I'm like well they kind of had to do that so that way the audience can not know what the son looks like so at least we don't know yeah what color if he is the dad if they showed the kid adult though he is and he was half black we would know that it wasn't like Jesse like we would know that right. <laughs> or Charlie we would know and so to me, I'm sort of like, well, obviously, and also they got Kim Cattrall to play older her. Um, but I don't know. I don't really like her. Like, no, I know neither. I do not. See, some people didn't like Ted Mosby, though. Like, I know that like I, there were a lot yeah, of I'm people who don't like him. Not <laughs> a big fan. It's okay. I don't know. I he is really Josh Radner is really good at playing the romantic side of things so like when he has to get into like you know he's giving cheesy speeches and all that too to like the love interest like I think he's great but I think other like he's just not I don't know like he's my least favorite as far as like as performances go of the actors though like I just don't think he's that great um (laughs) so but like I like the character concept though like I think he's a fun character just like the the performance isn't my favorite um, so I think it's just kind of like, hey, I don't know. It seems fake a lot of the times, except for the romantic bits. I think he's yeah. wonderful at those. You know what? I I I feel like there's too many main characters in the cast of How I Met Your Father. Like I feel like we're we're looking at too many characters. Like there's the core five of the original. There's there are six in this one, right? Because it's What's, well, oh wait, maybe seven. If you're, I don't remember how. So we've got. Uh, Hillary, what's Hillary Duff's? Sophie, 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 Jesse, uh, Charlie, the, the Valentina, uh, the best friend, the Indian guy. What is his name? I don't um, remember. And then his fiance. Is there another one too? And then you have like the the, the other the, the other men who are possible. Yeah, the possible. So I guess like yeah. out of the main ones, then so six compared to five. I get, but that's how many are in Friends too. Which, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I 
Uh, G-Man also says he likes happy endings because it's like friends, but funny. Um, <laughs> oh, a, a side note too. The, the, uh, oh, did I even mention the, his, Jesse's sister, Ellen? Oh yeah, um, that's right. So then, so then so that'd be yeah, seven. Actually, so it's seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I have, I, I don't know if I have links at all, but coincidentally too, uh, Ellen is played by Tien Tran and I know her personally. You do? <laughs> yeah. I find her, it's kind of funny because I thought, oh, wow, this character is kind of going to be like that, like, let's fill our quotas kind of thing. But then I actually like her the most. I was, she's, she's funny and she's interesting as a character, whether or not she's like the lesbian part of it, it didn't mm-hmm. like her dating problems are hilarious. Right. I, I actually like, so, so this is, I don't know if my cursor shows up on here, but, um, it so Tian Chan is the Asian girl, but, uh, yeah, she, that's pretty much cause she performed on main stage at second city. So then like when I worked the night staff there and then I, we got to perform a little bit on stage sometimes too. And, uh, and, and she was like, yeah, that's pretty much the character she played on stage. Like they were always funny, but I'm like, that's, that's usually like the, she's got one mode. Is that, so she does like the same like movements and like, and, and all that. And she's a lesbian in real life. So, okay. Um, but uh maybe but, i just like her then <laughs> yeah 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 like she, she, um but, but so at least like the persona that she puts on stage like that is what she she does for the show because i was just like yeah that works though like this is a good character for it and i love that she and charlie the british guy um are uh which is the second guy from the left uh i have kind of like a buddy comedy yeah. thing going on so yeah. i actually really enjoy that um i know i i liked that dynamic the best the person i like the least out of everyone is actually valentina valentina same yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. her really voice is like her. her voice is grating and she's just annoying like she, she is so she just she's not a likable person and then it also it was kind of weird at the one episode she like she and charlie and like she and charlie are dating but they split up because she's like i he does he's the one who doesn't want kids unlike robin from the first mm-hmm. one and so and she's the one i want a big family i want all this and my boyfriend's like that's so stupid i'm like she she is latino or whatever and so like it kind of makes sense like she comes from a big family but she's like a super selfish person so even if she wants like why would she want that because she's all about herself so it, even if she did want it, she would be a horrible mother. <laughs> so, Probably, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, unless she I, changes drastically. Yeah, she would have to change a lot to be a good parent, and maybe she could. Like, you know, I I'm not going to discount the possibility, but I don't I don't like her, and I think Charlie deserves better. Honestly, yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's just so annoying. I'm like, he's such a sweet guy, and like, and I get you kind of want to have this contrast or whatever, but like, I don't know. Just when you see it, you're like. Ah, Poor Charlie, like he he should have someone else. Well, um, you know, it was funny in the first episode when they introduce her, she's wearing this t-shirt and that she's not wearing pants underneath. Yes. It. And I thought that was like because she was screwing Charlie in her bedroom. I thought it was just a night shirt or something. Like, and yeah, then she's they coming. show them go out and she's she, wearing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no it's pants. a shirt and dress was, then? It's a giant t shirt. That's uh-huh. what I would wear to bed in college. Uh-huh. I was yeah. like, what the hell I is still that? do. <laughs> and I'm like, she, okay, she's in fashion, so she's stupid. But then, yeah. like, on top of that, in that first episode, when Charlie keeps complaining about New York City all the time and how awful it is there, and she 
tells him this place is magical. And I'm like, and the, bear in mind, this TV show takes place in 2022. And I'm like, no, it ain't. Like, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. You're wrong. <laughs> it's not magical. It's filled with crime right now. I don't know how you guys are walking across this bridge safely. <laughs> oh, so uh, uh, one thing I'll give them credit for right now, because I didn't even think about like, yeah, it's 2022 in, in New York, the way they're doing it is that they are, it's totally fictionalized. So there's, they don't seem to have any mention about COVID or anything, um, which I, I do appreciate, especially because I've been uh, recently watching the sitcom Raven's Home on Disney Channel, <laughs> Channel show, the sequel to that's a Raven from 2004. Um, and now she's a mom. But, uh, and the latest season, or I don't know if it's the latest one, but one of the recent ones, they they don't directly like talk about it, but there's, um, they're, they're going in, then she gets like, she's a fashion designer and stuff like, oh, the one celebrity needs masks. And I was like, like oh, like, oh, masks for what? And they don't really describe it. And later on, they're shown making like the little face masks like, Oh, oh, because they, they don't say it. Dr- and later on, one character's like, I learned how to braid during quarantine. I'm like, wow. So you were like actually throwing that in there. And I read online that apparently it's the first Disney show to actually like reference it in a way. It and yeah. I hate it. And I think, <laughs> don't do that. I think that's stupid. This is fictional. You can say like you've had Disney Channel has had the weird, the, the, that what was it Corey in, in the house where it was like the daughter like the weird daughter the uh, president and whatever wasn't it the rock or something i don't know maybe that was a movie i'm, I'm no it's, yeah mixing up a movie in that show um but it was just like you've had like weird fictional stuff wizards exist in that universe <laughs> and things though like we don't need to have covid on <laughs> a disney show well i guess my my real problem with her saying it's magical is that there's this in Hollywood, there's so much romanticiz- romanticizing of New York city and of LA. Yeah. And I think that's bad. I think yeah. well, it's, it, first of all, people flock to those two cities and then their lives are crap. And they, and they think, crazy. why is this not as perfect as, as I think it know, should be. To be. And, yeah. And it, and they struggle and they get depressed and they fall into really bad situations. And I'm just not, a fan of Hollywood perpetuating those two mm. myths over and over and over again. I, and But I guess again, with it being fictionalized, if they, I would be okay if maybe they showed it in the show. Like I can, I can suspend my disbelief if you create the world, like an improv thing. Like if this is how you're saying that the world is, I can do that. And I think how I met your mother was better with Ted saying like, you know, New York's a great place and, and they're able to kind of, make that seem better but and how I met your father it kind of just had this like well you're only seeing all the terrible things and then Valentina's just saying like no it's great and you're like how how <laughs> <laughs> like I I don't know like from what we've seen so far it is not and I like JB saying how come they never have to worry about the five thousand dollar a month rent and shows set in New York I wonder that too or even in both both series where I'm like, this apartment is gigantic. Uh, Marshall's in law school. Lily's a kindergarten teacher. And Ted is like a low a, a low architect in his firm. Like, how are they affording this giant apartment? Well, you know, it was funny, too, because people bring that up about um, about friends a lot. Because the, the main apartment the, mm-hmm. the on the right is huge, absolutely huge. They did an episode, though where they explain that the apartment is under her like great aunt's name and so it's and it's rent controlled. Rent controlled. 
So it's at a cheaper price than it should be if mm-hmm. she had signed a new lease. So that one, they actually answered. In, right. In, but the show is 10 seasons long and expecting everybody to remember that is pretty low. <laughs> you can't even get writers to ever remember things that they, the other right. I, I, I'm always bothered by that just generally for TV series when you have different, like I get having different writers, but those writers should know the show before, like what's happened beforehand. Cause I hate continuity errors, especially with like characters. And, uh, and, and now when you're able to just you know, marathon everything at once. You're like, well, I remember season two that this is one thing, but now season seven saying this other thing. And like, but I just watched this the other day. Well, that's why a showrunner is so important. Like a showrunner is supposed to make sure that continuity between writers sticks Mm -hmm. around. The thing is those that they change showrunners between Mm -hmm. seasons. Yeah. And then you lose out. And like, the thing is though, is that there are some shows that have a creator, a big you know, he's got a plan creator behind them and they stick around yes. for several seasons if the studio doesn't tell them to screw them. off. And then, and the continuity is way better on those shows. Like Person of Interest had Jonathan Nolan behind it, way better. Um, Eric Kripke was behind the first like seven seasons of Supernatural. Uh, so that was pretty good. Um, and But like, short runs of shows are are better like two guys ran dark matter for the three seasons it was around and so they everything there had some created continuity i think that's what what needs to happen it, because those shows are almost always better all, yeah. almost always that's a good point because it's like i mean that's i don't expect necessarily that the writer has to, but at least just know and like or be told like hey you need to correct this like this thing doesn't fit right though and but if i and i guess i'm coming from like as if i were to write something like i would want to do enough research to know like hey these are the characters like the, these are the lives um before i and i've done like spec scripts and stuff too where i was just like yeah i've seen like everything and now i'm writing it <laughs> yeah uh, I think you can definitely have different writers and it work relatively well if you have some a strong person behind to help yeah mm-hmm. the story but I don't think every show gets one like honestly like so and then also the studio might demand things right yeah and that's a big thing too that you might have to do what they want which yeah. Uh, does remind me of the boys when we get into that. Uh, yeah. Silverlock says, "Don't watch the new Star Trek." Then I have heard nothing but bad things. I think of the new Star Trek. So, um, yeah, wasn't one, of the bad, I- one of the bad things I heard is that it's not really like everything in Star Trek was either based on absolute fantasy or really basic science, like mm-hmm. stuff people with theories and stuff people could read and understand the discovery from what I understand has something in it that is just really silly and is also possibly stolen from someone's game that they made. And so it's like, uh, I like when I read about it, I was like, I can't get behind this. This is too weird. This is Dr. Who weird. This is not Star Trek weird. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Star Trek trying to be Dr. Who. Yeah. I mean, admittedly the only Star Trek I've watched was the original one like William Shatner is my fave <laughs> and I once met George Takei when I worked I was an intern on the Nickelodeon show Super Ninjas <laughs> so and the first thing he said to me was oh my <laughs> so that was 
But I don't think it was intentional. I think he was just kind of like responding to something because my friend was there and introducing us. And but uh, yeah. <laughs> he literally said, I mean, I know he's super woke and stuff, but but uh, uh, yeah. I do love him as like like a lot of the characters that he does. Like he does voice acting and certain things, and I just so I love him on those. Uh, but I separate the art from the artist when I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I'll say to you as far as actors go on. How I Met Your Father, I do like. So one, I know Tien, and then I still can't remember the guy's name, the the best friend, but uh, the Indian guy, but he, I did like him. He was on the show God Friended Me. So, and I really, <laughs> and I like that. And it was about uh, a guy, uh, this atheist whose dad is a pastor, and um, but then God on Facebook friends him, and he keeps sending him like, hey, like these people, like, I mean, he doesn't know why, but he gets like sent friend requests, like suggestions, but they're always people who he needs to help in some way. So mm. I really, I mean, it's a good it was a, a good funny. feel good thing um so and i i love that but so he was the best friend on there so he's just a good best friend hector um so him who else is on there i like oh uh hillary duff's mom is played by paget brewster who i love um oh yeah she's, i do like her Emily Prentice on Criminal Minds, so she, she's great on there. And then she just also loves comedy, though. So she was in season six of Community as well, which was definitely the worst season. But like, I I still loved her. Did um, you see that she like most of her front teeth? Those are fake. No, really. She posted a photo of it. Like she had to get them replaced again. Like she had to get a new uh, front piece. Um, and she literally took a photo when they were out because they have to be installed by a dentist wow. and and posted it online. And so those are not her real f- front teeth. That's disappointing because I do. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, how long has she not had real teeth? Because I do remember her from like 2005 to 2020. I, I'm not sure <laughs> when she lost them, but it was at least, it was probably at least five years ago. Would be okay. But, I'm not, but it could noticed. be longer than that. I, I, I just, I, I remember she posted the photo a while ago, so it was really weird. But in, but she was all like, you know, like this is what I actually look like. <laughs> I don't know if this is the right image. Does she have like goggles on? She's missing some teeth, but not everything. Were they supposed to be completely gone? They're, they're like ground down or something. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hang on, let me go to Google Images because this isn't showing everything. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. So she also, just really tying things in, Josh Peck is on there briefly on on the show, and she plays his love, Hillary Duff's mom, but on Josh Peck's other show, Grandfathered, that was only like a season long, she played his mom. So they had already <laughs> also worked together. I don't even think they had any scenes together in that episode. Padgett Brewster's hair is also like, gray um so it's weird to me to see like that's what she's naturally is though so she's dyes her hair black because i don't know at what point in time it grayed out but um that one she had like there was a picture that she had that was like short and i'm like you look kind of like ayn rand <laughs> like, she would be a good ayn rand if she had to portray her in some sort of like biopic. <laughs> that's funny um i'm missing teeth uh what else did I not like about how I met your father? I, I the other problem too is hard because it's just like when my boyfriend was watching some of it, he was more he was always more critical. But then I was like, I'm trying because they have you know it might be a little woke or it might be. Um, I'm just trying to like I have nostalgia glasses on, like I'm aware of this because of how I met your mother. So like I'm trying to, and I'm already going to be like 
I'm biased, like knowing that like, if you guys have an agenda, I'm going to pick up on that more. So I was like trying to be like, but I also might like try and project that too and see like, oh, that thing you did here was was trying to, to be preachy. Like maybe it's not. So I was like trying to give the benefit of the doubt and trying to be like, okay, yeah, I have some problems with this. Some of it I'm trying to like uh, be okay with. And yeah, like the Ellen thing, you know, her being gay, like I don't think it's in your face. I think like it's just, hey, everyone's looking for love. And so, and it just happens like her and hers are like kind of funny. Like she's, she gets into like weird physical comedy slapstick things. And like, she's so, what's adorable about her is that how socially awkward she is. Like it, she's like, so she's flawed. And I think that's part of the reason why she's not like, like there's a lot of this thing about in a lot of these shows where they, in movies where they have the, you know, the diversity, you know, however diverse oh that they're going to be perfect or something they're going to be perfect but she's human and in in a funny way because they also have to be caricatures for comedy a bit right and i think oh god she nails that i think i think it works that's why i think the i think that's why she was able to be so funny at second city though like compared to i mean like main stage was you know (laughs) overall when they weren't being preachy uh, they were going to be better than like the the, the people who weren't being paid um, and just on the small stages. But I think for her, she was able to, because all her characters were weird and flawed and everything though. And like, and she might mention being gay and stuff, but like, but she would do it like in a funny way. Like she'd talk about, she talked about like the date she went on had yellow fever because like she only dated <laughs> Asian women. Uh, oh God! I she, knew where that was going. The second you said yellow, yeah, and I was like, Oh God, that's so inappropriate. Yeah, but she so she made that joke about herself because she's like, that girl had yellow fever. Whatever, <laughs> she said it. Um, but and but then I think they made jokes. I don't know, probably about scissoring or something. Like, but she was able, she was willing, and I think that's what makes it funny enough is that like I'm not being preachy about how lesbians deserve the same equality. But she would just like, no, like here's like the funny parts about it uh about being gay or just or just being in a relationship and that happens to be gay or something so mm-hmm. i think that's why she was able to like she was just very funny yeah she's relatable to anyone who's socially awkward and dating like on the show and it, like regardless of the fact that she's asian or gay she's still relatable mm-hmm. yeah i I, I like the line in the first episode too, where like they're hiding for the surprise party thing, and um, and 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 Valentina and Charlie are talking, and then she she talks about like, hey, like I'm I'm Jesse's sister, uh, sister adopted, obviously, and Charlie's just like, it's not obvious to me. I don't know who Jesse is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like, he's oh. never met him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Do you want to talk about the boys now, or? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm trying to think if there's any, and I'm also my my charger keeps not charging my computer, so I'm scared that my computer's just gonna die at any point. So, uh, let me see. Is there anything else uh, about Hillary? Oh, I think other uh, last thing too about the how about your father? It it is. I think it's all it's okay, but I think the writing falls flat a lot. Like I don't think the story beats are as as good as like how I met your mother because like they don't set up jokes or like they don't even like have bits early on and they kind of like are able to follow through later. And uh, so it's just kind of like, why did they even insert this or this wasn't, this wasn't a good joke or it wasn't even a good setup for something later on. Um, 
so just overall, I think the writing is pretty subpar, especially compared to the first. And I was trying, again, not trying not to do it with the nostalgia glasses and that they are different shows, but I'm like, even separating it, I'm like, I would have higher expectations. Like I just need, I don't think you can separate completely. Like you, people ha- will relate to it. And I think if well, you're, you're inviting that by the title, by the like, title. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you expect something and like, well, this, like the style can be a little bit different, but like they're the expectations of just like, I think writing quality. So even if you're mm-hmm. writing different things though, like just having like the writers be able to set up the same um, plots and, and jokes and things is important. So, and I yeah. think that it just, there. Were, I like the pigeon episode. I thought that was actually kind of funny because like- That was funny. That, that was silly <laughs> of just like one pigeon in the window, like, oh, I brought a friend. And then they just get distracted so easily with their pigeon makeup and come back in and there's just like dozens of pigeons. And so I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like that would never happen. And it's hilarious that it did. That's the uh, kind of thing that would happen on How I Met Your yeah, Mother. Yeah. And, and that was the, see, it's the thing when you name the the show how i met your father you're inviting your audience to expect certain kinds of comedy and level of writing and quality right. of performance you are and that i'd say the pigeon episode is the where they really actually kind of capture trying. it mm-hmm but, but then other- again, like, it focuses on those two. Or, and for Hillary Duff, I'm like, I don't even really care about <laughs> about your life, though. Like, it's just yeah. not, you're you should have had this. That, like, you're the star. Like, you should have been the one that was like distracted by pigeon stuff and um and and wanting to do well, all that. But- when her teeth got messed up, so, yeah, sort of. But even then, it was like. I don't know. Like again, it's just the performance of like I'm. I'm just such like a girly girl. Like the, whenever I see like, oh, you have like such long nails and and for any any character, like that's fine if you're yeah. if you're coming across like I am a girly girl though. But like if you're gonna try and be like, they, they they'll throw in stuff where like to make her seem weird. But it's just like Tyler, like oh, you kiss people with your eyes open and like I like to see what, if they're enjoying themselves and like I don't super buy it. it, it kind of like yeah like it would be okay if they could play into her being more weird or something and and not that you can't have like long nails for that but it's just there's just certain things about like for a character that you uh, they're just saying it and not really showing it I guess is the big thing though um so then she doesn't I don't see her do like weird things like oh her tooth fell out so like she kind of had to deal with that but even her like it was just kind of like I I'm trying to do normal stuff and uh but like she wasn't doing like the craziest things, even for her birthday episode too, where she's just like, I got this book nook and, and, and pretending that she reads and all like, it just, I don't know. It still kind of falls flat where I'm like, you're not that interesting <laughs> to watch the other, the side characters are more fun, which it's, is also okay. Like, cause sometimes with TV shows, a lot of times you have like, here's the straight man as the main character and then the other ones are fun, but a straight man might be like sarcastic or, you know, like funny yeah. somehow. And she's just more boring. She is so basic, and I don't think they characterized her very well. Like, she's not very well developed as a character. Mm-hmm. Like, she wants to be a, taken seriously as a photography artist. That's as far as it seems to go, like, when it comes to who she is. I would like, be even talk about how like oh she's so optimistic and she's like bubbly and cheery and when they said that I'm like is she is that what they're going for for that I'm like that's fine but they it'd be better if they like played that up more like that she really uh, and maybe that would work more if she were more like ditzy or something the show uh, Young and Hungry with um, 
uh, Emily Osmond, like she plays that, like she's like super blonde, super dumb, but like, so she, but they plays into that really well and always bubbly and optimistic doesn't like jokes go over her head and, and all that. But I think that works. So it was just like, but you're going hard into this though. And so for, for Hillary Duff's character, it's just like, well, and, and I'll give them, I think it is season one and there are only 10 episodes. So like maybe they'll find themselves. It's just so far I'm, I've been underwhelmed as a, yeah. as, as a well, whole. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of shows that first season is not actually that good. Like, right. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. That's what I watched. I was rewatching How I Met Your Mother at the same time. I was going back and forth to try and see. I'm like, okay, like that way I can compare. I'm like, was this really any better? Or like, and I, like, How I Met Your Mother finds itself too. The, for me, for shows, that's why I don't like them trying to cancel stuff before like season three because I think it, t- it can take two seasons for a show to really find it for the actors to find the characters for like the writers to get it so like I'll give you three seasons if I don't like you into the third season though then then I think like okay this is a bad show I think that's a it's especially true when it comes to sitcoms which are more designed about around the idea that the situation the gonna, well the audience is going to love the characters what in wacky situations mm-hmm. if they don't love the characters then the wacky situations are going to keep them around right you know right. like um a lot of people say oh i can't watch that show i hate that character like i like literally can't stand that show just because of that character like that's and but i think that's yeah. more true of of sitcoms than it is like which is weird because it is called situational comedy (laughs) but it's not situational comedy about random people it's situational comedy about these specific people (laughs) right yeah yeah i mean i guess i mean i would include that in the situation too though that it's like the situation has these people that you like and what was the Oh, I lost my train of thought on it. Oh, Veep. Uh, Again, I mentioned it too when we talked about senior year, the one guy. But like Veep, I hated all of those characters. And I only, my boyfriend was mostly watching it. So I don't, I guess I didn't like sit through. But but the only character I liked was Richard T. Splett on there though. Like he was so fun and like, and he was the reason why. Like I will stick around, like I will pay attention because I love him so much. But everyone else was just like intentionally terrible. But I'm like, but you're so unlikable. And I know you're supposed to be, but it turns me off from wanting to watch it. Cause like, you're not redeemable. Um, For me, with How I Met Your Mother, it was actually Barney and Robin that kept me around. (laughs) uh, See, like Robin, I think Robin and Barney are really, like, they are a good couple. I'm sad that they did not last in the end, but but I thought, like, even early on, like, they went on, like, a bro time when, and so she went, like, laser tag and all this, like, she she has fun, like, yeah, that's totally, like, they, they were good together. They were better together than Robin and Ted, I think. Um, they were. <laughs> and, so, so they were fun. Like, even when they were engaged and, like, they're like, oh, we have our own shenanigans that we're getting into in home. Like, yeah, you could totally just have your own series together. And, <laughs> I uh, would have like, watched that. that Honestly, I would have. Because uh, I loved both of them. They were both so funny. Someone asked, what's, it was it G-Man? Uh is there any kind of crossover yes. between how I met your mother slash father, or did that name, uh, or did they name it that purely for brand recognition? There um, is, uh, there Robin. Is. There's multiples actually. Yeah. The big, the big one, I don't know if I've paid attention to all of them, but the big one is when Robin does show up at the, uh, Hillary Duff's character, Sophie goes to McLaren's because the, the, I guess the other thing is that they, they are in the same original apartment, not the two girls, the guys are in the apartment. 
um, and which is just like the side friends. So, yeah. but they would, I'm like, I don't know why they chose that to, I don't know why they did that. And, um, but so they have the original apartment, they have the swords. They're like, oh, the previous owner, the previous tenants left mm-hmm. these swords here. And then Robin ends up coming in, I think in the last episode, she's just, she's in McLaren's by chance, um, as like a famous news reporter and then talks to Hillary Duff's kid and gives her some life advice. Yeah, there is. And, and like Hillary Duff's character even recognizes her. Mm-hmm. She's on the news, yeah. Right, um, right. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Robin, oh, like, I have fans. Also, the captain and the boats, boats. boats oh yes, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was saying. Oh, why do you keep bringing up these people who care so uh-huh. much about boats? What's with this couple? <laughs> I was disappointed um, that they wrote that whole story thing for them because I was like, I really wanted them to make it. <laughs> Me too. I did too. And then she, then she ends up talking about how she hates boats, and I'm like, what? Your whole marriage was a lie, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I I I bring her up the boats 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 girl every once in a while. Me too. When people, when people when people like repeat a word too many times, I'm like boats boats boats. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels to me. <laughs> I think about it. she was also the uh, she was the star in the Legally Blonde Broadway musical. Is how I recognized yeah, her right. when I saw her on because I think I watched the musical for I don't remember what, at what point if if the full series was out by the time I watched How I Met Your Mother. I can't remember now but because it was like around that some, somewhere around those years where it was ending but uh and I had watched the Legally Blonde musical I think back in high school or something I don't know <laughs> online but uh anyway yeah so I just I, th- those are fun characters though and I'm just disappointed for them <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah any other references I think that's all I can think of right now that's but, all I can think of too <laughs> um okay well I think that's all I have to say then on that show we got it out of the way um I'm, I, I'm likely if the if show continues on I will still watch it like even whether I'm like I don't love this but like I watch a lot of bad tv so it's just what I do I'd watch it while I'm playing video games yeah yeah oh I always multitask when I do so so I'm like yeah I'll watch what and especially something I don't have to pay super close attention to so I can multitask I'm like yeah those are that's this type of show I started watching the second season of Westworld for the first time today, and I was trying to do it while playing video games, but then I kept having to, like, wind it back. Mm. And I was like, I can't do this. This one I need to watch. <laughs> I was doing, getting into the boys now, I had to do that a couple of times, and it, it wasn't, like, intentionally, because I just had duck things going on, though, but mm-hmm. some of it, I'm like, oh, I just missed, like, a word or something. Like, what did they say? So I had to, like, rewind because I didn't hear. That's a so- show you cannot watch while you do other things yeah either. yeah the boys you have to pay attention to because a lot of it is about the imagery which right yeah so because it's it's based on a comic book right so like yeah yeah sure uh part of it like i mean just look at homelander he's he's basically you know a, an american flag threw up on the aryan race <laughs> yeah. yeah i okay so I season three just came out and I I want to talk about the show without going into spoilers because I have just started the beginning of the series though because Alex had told me the other day like season three of this show came out so people are talking I'm like I've never bothered to watch it so and I would have watched more but again five hour round trip driving yesterday yeah. <laughs> Doug stuff um, chicken stuff but uh so I my boyfriend had watched the first season a couple of years ago I think when it came out and I 
only like saw glimpses. And I think I even asked him where like, would I, am I interested, would I be interested in this? I don't I think he thought I wouldn't be, or, or if I didn't ask, I just thought I wouldn't be because they're like, oh, this seems more serious. This seems like, it, it, to me, I just kind of pictured like this is a show that's going to have like a bunch of sex scenes for like no real purpose aside from just like wanting to show like oh they're having sex scenes to to write it like that type of show was kind of like what I assumed it would be but I had no idea like how much like the main people like wow these heroes are all assholes um like (laughs) downright evil and I'm like I didn't expect I thought I thought they were like hero here. So the whole concept of the show was is totally different than what I had assumed it would be. And I, my favorite improv teacher in, in Chicago, I think he actually loved this comic series too, though. So like I only vaguely knew from that. And then just the the glimpses that I'd see on the TV, I just thought like, no, this seems, show seems stupid. But episode one really, <laughs> really hooked me because it was just like, <laughs> Right off the bat where I'm like, the you know, the guy's talking to another girl named Robin. Um, so like the, the main dorky guy. So immediately I love him because he's just this like skinny white nerd. And uh, like, okay. But then he has, and the girlfriend comes up and immediately, uh, part of me was kind of glad she died because as soon as I saw her, I was like, I don't think I really like you. I don't think you got, <laughs> so it's just. And then, but the way she dies, just so I'm gonna spoil season one because it came out in 2019. But like, she just like explodes. <laughs> and he's holding on to her hands, and I'm like, holy fuck! And they what? did it in slow motion. It was slow, so I didn't. Yeah, I realized at first where I'm like, wh- like why? Like why is like the, like this the hair is blowing, the skin like blood's coming on? I'm like, wait, where did she go? And yeah, then realizing. He's mid-sentence mm-hmm. talking to her, and then suddenly she's gone. It's really fast, and then it goes into slow-mo. So it's already happened once yeah. it goes into slow-mo. Yeah, and, and then, then it's, you're just seeing the actor. It's like effect. from many angles, they show what happened, and it's so disturbing. Yeah, so it's just, it was... Uh... Unexpe- I mean, like part of it could be expected where I'm like, at first I'm like, oh, did she get hit by a bus or something? Like, where, because I'm like, yeah, you are kind of standing on the street here. It seems dangerous. Um, but, but yeah, I was just like, yeah, that is graphic. And that is, and then his reaction too, when, when he was just like calling for her and like, mm-hmm. that's so sad too. And uh, because like when it happens in, in a blink of an eye, and you're like your brain doesn't catch up yet either because you're trying to figure out what happened. He's just holding on to her hands. The rest yep. of her is gone, <laughs> and uh, it, like that's horrific. So I I watched this with my best friend when it came out, and he we were sitting next to each other, and during that scene, and they're having their conversation, and he goes, "She's standing in the street. She's standing in the street." <laughs> Get the fuck out of the street. Yeah. He's standing in the street. So yeah. We both know him. Yeah. That's what I saw too. I'm like, that. why are you there? <laughs> and it was, honestly, it made it really funny. But like, we were, there's no way you can expect that. Like, you can expect something right. terrible Something is going to happen. But, but you, that was you, not that, not yeah, that specifically. That's what happened with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it was just like, okay, what's going to happen here? And then especially like right mid sentence of him saying like, "Don't 
besmirch who, who was he talking billy about billy joel, joel. Yeah, yeah don't besmirch billy joel. and then like uh and he even talks about so i've watched the first three episodes and him talking about how like that was the last thing i said to her like that she died like the very last thing she hears is me like don't you ever besmirch billy joel and then which i actually like they're having a cute moment i guess if i'm gonna die like you know that was a romantic cutesy no, moment was, it, he was joking they were just mm-hmm. Yes. But the thing is, though, about that scene is that is the aperitif. That is not like, like, that is huge. But that's not the only time they do something like that. They will keep, they go graphic, like, all the time. I, when I was trying to watch it first on Amazon, like, it, I, like, I'd started it and then I think it was, was it last night? And I was like, I can't watch this right now. Like I'm too tired. Like it was, I think I probably put on how I met your mother. I'm like, I need something that I don't have to pay attention to. Like I can't get invested into something right now. It's been a long day. So then, so then when I watched it today or yeah, whenever it was. And so I, uh, uh, the two nights ago, I guess. Um, and the first, yeah, I don't know. It's just so engrossing. And, uh, I get, I lost my train of thought. Um, the oh no oh that's right season three so when I was trying to like go back to play it it went into season three first and played the beginning and I was like what is it is this a commercial for I'm like oh no they're just recapping everything that happened in the first two seasons so like that's why I'm confused like let me back out so I just saw a lot of people exploding it's what it looked like they were exploding so I'm like I have no idea why or how this is happening but it is very graphic so I'm like let me go and watch episode one now. <laughs> well, see, the thing the thing is, is that one of the reasons why I like this show is that like a lot of sh- a lot of movies and TV shows, they have violence in them, but they don't actually show just how like bloody violence mm-hmm. is because they have to like tone it down and stuff. And it kind of drives me crazy because it's like people have this like like unclear idea of how much blood people pump out when they're injured and so to me i'm sort of like when blood is literally raining everywhere when people like something happens and they are covered in blood i'm like yes that is more accurate thank you (laughs) like the 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 beginning of the movie games of new york the the daniel day lewis one pisses me off because they have literally a battle on the snow and there's almost no no. blood on it (laughs) and there's like tons of bodies on the ground and i'm like that fucking snow would be soaked it would be red absolutely red and so to me i'm sort of like yes i know it seems like a lot and it only seems like a lot because because we're not used to Exactly, because there's years and years and years of them underplaying how bloody everything is. And I then, don't, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to no. say that, like, I don't think, I, I'm not sure if I think that there's a lot of blood, but like, the what happens to them is so graphic. So I'm trying to think of like how I feel about it. I'm like, oh, you know, because I watch horror movies and and even like uh, horror anime stuff too will get very graphic. So it was just like, okay, I'm fine with how much I'm seeing. But it was some of the things like the way in which it happens is, has been unexpected so far. <laughs> well, and that's one thing I do like about this show is, and they're still doing it now to this day uh, in the new episodes, is that they're like, okay, so how exactly does a regular human being and a superhero work in physicality? Because they, oh, what they underplay just how strong superheroes are in almost every medium. Like, if you could lift a car, you could punch your fist through someone's face. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, like, stuff like that. 
And that's what they're essentially showing you is that like, if someone uh, like, for example, in the first scene when Homelander and Queen Maeve foil that ar- that armored car robbery, one of the things Homelander does is he throws a man up into the air who then comes crashing down onto a car. That guy's dead. Yeah. He's not getting up. And to me, like I watching that scene almost immediately, I was like, he's not a good person. Homelander for doing that. Like immediate, like a lot of people are like, Oh, is he good? No. Did you not see him throw him? Like the, Here's the problem with him doing that. That is excessive force. If you want to talk about excessive force, that's excessive force because the guy can't do anything to Homelander. So Homelander could very easily, you know, you know, like tie him up and have him arrested, but he doesn't. He kills him. He literally kills him. That's a good point. I I think I did not say I was probably doing duck stuff at the time. So I think I missed that that one shot there, though, because Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure later on until, was it the end of the first episode? So yeah, like, it is. I figured. I th- I thought, what's the blonde woman's name? Who's like the director? Or whatever is her name? Oh, um, Mall- Mallory. I, I no, Mallory's the CIA woman. Oh, that's the <laughs> the name. Okay, so I don't know too much. Yeah. That I just it starts with an M or something. All right, maybe am, am, am yeah, I just mixing wow, those names? I can't up? remember that character because she was only in season um, one. Oh, is she okay? Yeah. Um, but so whatever it is, blonde woman. Hi, tree surgeon. Welcome. Uh, you have haven't missed. <laughs> much i talked about how terrible farm life has been for my poor animals we talked about how i met your father which no one else but us has watched and now we're talking about the boys the tv series on amazon prime the boys uh the okay so so that woman whatever her name is she kind of reminds me and again three episodes in sort of of uh Kamala Harris because of just like she has like the fake smile thing going on where she talks and stuff to you I'm like man you're not sincere about selling or like everything you're saying though too like you you like sound sincere but it's it's weird to sound like the actress is good because it's like a good tone of like you kind of make it sound, like, come across as if you sound it, but you know, but we know that you don't mean it though. And so it's just like this, this cool dynamic of just like, she does knowing. do a very good job. I do remember that she did great, but um, yeah, I, I like a lot of the show uh, is actually, so we've been talking about how graphic it is um, and everything. And a lot of people are like, Oh, superheroes, but evil. That's not a new concept. Well, the show is based on a comic book and, Here's yeah, that's thing. been around longer. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing about the comic book versus the TV show. The comic book is worse when it comes to the kind of things that they show you. Um, so like the first as episode- As far as like graphic stuff or- Yeah, okay. and, and, and the things that happen to people, it's worse. Yeah, even again in the first episode too, where Starlight, where she she's gets the, the uh, I just said the, the term earlier, and I keep forgetting, quid pro quo by the other hero um, and ha- makes her, so like uh, he threatens that he'll sell, tell people that she attacked him if she doesn't give him a blowjob. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and no, so like, see, yeah, like and, all these heroes are assholes. So- Here's the thing. In the comic book, she was gang raped by many members of the superhero My team. God. So it's worse. Wow. Now, Tree Surgeon says first season had potential, but the second season was insufferable. I love the second season absolutely because it's satiristic of the woke. And I love it. 
They <laughs> nailed them to the wall, especially corporate woke. They really go after them hardcore. And it I, made me laugh and it made me so happy. <laughs> I am so I am already seeing like, oh, they hate like I like the setup of like, hey, these heroes, they're being controlled, like but they're they have to a lot of it like oh we're already filming everything we're preparing what this and then and it's about like what looks good because it's what makes money and it's what so it's like it's so so corporate and like they talk about that all the time and like they're showing it in such a bad light of how like are we heroes or you're just here to be part of like the, the corporation um so i think they do they're setting that up pretty well um and and just as far as like you know like Starlight like you're gonna be like the good the only good character I guess as far as the hero team goes, um in the comics though you said of many people and are there more than the seven that she works with was or was it like non main people that she gets raped um, by it's I just don't want to like spoil it for anyone who's not read it but like it's like all the male team members okay so it is as far as the okay geez yeah. okay. But I, and I'm already, I've already f- figured too that like they're all pretty terrible though. Well, see, that's the thing. Like Tree Surgeon says that wasn't their intent. But the thing is, though, is that the thing is, is that there are no sacred cows on to in politics or culture to the people who are creating the boys. So yeah, they are going after everybody. Like, and I'm cool with that. Like. If you know when South Park says we will go after everyone, and you know they're like we can't pick favorites, that is actually wrong. I'm I have way more respect for that than I do for someone who will just go after one side. Mm. Um, so to me, the fact that they're willing to like hit hard on everyone, but their their attacks on woke corporate bullshit is were beautiful, honestly, and they they kind of attacked this idea of white privilege just beautifully in this one scene in season two, like a lot of people like miss, like they did misread it. And I was, and I laughed at it because I was like, it's so obvious to me that they're basically saying that what the guy is saying about you being privileged uh, over him, like (laughs) is not true. Like it's clearly not true. And, but like, it's hard. Satire is one of the hardest mediums to do though. Like if you're, if you're doing like satire pisses everyone off, like all the time. And I, and, but it's my favorite form of like, if you're going to do commentary, that is the way to do it in my mind, but it doesn't work with most people. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well, I'm excited to get to that because I I don't know the references yet though. For I so know, like, I know. I'll come back with my opinion once I finish watching everything though. To <laughs> like, do I think that it was it, it was satirizing or were they just intentionally trying to be woke? At this point though, like, well, I mean, uh, I'll say that like um, Starlight One, I just like her name because I love outer space things by the by the background here. Um, but and two, she she. The, uh, it makes sense for the character because she comes from Iowa, so she does seem like oh, I'm supposed to be a little bit more conservative. Because I was, I was wondering uh, for a minute when they're like corporatizing, trying to say like, oh, well, like now you're you're coming in, you're changing, and so they just gave her the new outfit that she doesn't want because it's more showy. And and I was like, oh, is this like a woke thing, like a feminist thing of like of them trying not to to make her very feminine? But and so I was, I was trying to like figure out, I'm like, 
because like, am I bothered because I'm assuming that they're trying to do this or like, but her character probably just is, is more conservative than that. Like, so she doesn't feel comfortable with this. So like, so I think it works for her. It's not necessarily just like, ah, feminism. And we hate, hate anything looking girly or sexy though. Cause I was like, I like the new outfit too. I like her old one though, because it had like the stars and stuff, but like, well, I think new that was about, yeah, I think that one is about sexualizing her without her, wanting to be sexualized which is to me like a lot of people go well what's the problem there and it's like well okay from a conservative perspective sexualizing could be considered wrong there's an argument for that there's an argument for the from the feminist perspective to say that sexualizing her is wrong and there's to me the argument that well it's her choice whether or not she gets yeah yeah and that's what i was trying to to see that it was like okay it's just her personal and, and yeah, I don't mean conservative as far as like as, as, as political, but just just as far as like she grew up, she might have been from just a, that type of family. And we're like, I'm not I'm not as flashy and, and like sexy that type of thing. So that's what I was trying to like, let me step out of my biases of what I'm assuming why they're writing this or not. And and just trying so to think like sometimes when it comes to sexualization equals empowerment for women. I find that to be bullshit. Like I don't, like I don't necessarily say that it's wrong depending on the woman. Like if the woman wants to do it, then fine. Then sure, it's empowerment to her. I don't But saying that that's empowerment. Generally, uh, it's hard because you're generalizing everything. Yeah, like no, like more it's like um, sort of like in Afghanistan when the uh, Russians were there, they told women they couldn't wear their, uh, oh, their you the know hijab. the hijabs uh, when and then like later on someone else was in charge and they said you have to wear them and it's like and, and like I mentioned that to a male friend and what I was gonna say and he ended up saying it before I could get the words out because we were in agreement on this is that it just it should just be their choice and, yeah. and that's what it really comes down to right. that's not a that's not a gender issue that's like a just a general everything like that should be your well, choice and that I mean that makes sense as far as like then there isn't an empowerment for uh, having to, and that goes back to individualism though too like you don't want to empower a certain group of anything because like it's hard what works for one person might not that like someone feels more confident wearing something sexy um and uh, that's great then that's empowering for you but someone like i want to wear like a full you know dress wear something that covers everything and i feel very confident in that like okay like if that's genuinely true for you though then that's empowering for you like whatever yeah whatever works and that and i say that about men too like if men don't want to take off their shirt for a movie or something or whatever they shouldn't have to like that's like i have heard like chris hemsworth did not want to do the shirtless scene for ragnarok and oh really like no he didn't and taika watiti literally said no man you gotta do it butts in the seats and i was like dude if you had said that to a woman you would have been canceled <laughs> so fast yeah. like i was I felt like that was incredibly inappropriate. Like, honestly, <laughs> I was not just because of the double standard, but because it's like the, the shit they put men through to get those mm-hmm. shirtless scenes is just ridiculous. I, I think I remember you mentioning something like on, on some show before. I, I, I think it was you. I didn't realize. It was probably that, like, me. It's one of my like, big pet peeves. <laughs> like dehydrating for three days or something. Yeah. To get them. Like I yeah. had no idea about that. 
Um, yeah. Well, that's why I'm I, so like to me, if a guy says he doesn't want to do a scene like that or a man, if a man doesn't want to be sexualized, he should have that option. Like two, like, you know, I, I will say like I, I do think. I thought the whatever that main that blonde that blonde bat, the, the the director woman is where she was telling Starlight that too because Starlight's like this, you know it's my body like my choice to do it and she's like it is your choice but you just won't be doing that here and I actually thought like that's fair though like as if you're going to be working with us though like this is a requirement that we have like we like we we're in agreement mm-hmm. though like if you have the contract or whatever though these are the things that you have if to it do. was in the contract then she has no no room to no right. room, and, I would say yeah <laughs> and, uh, and so I don't know and I don't know for sure like I but yeah, she, so she also but, but that's a big thing too as far as like uh when I worked at Second City they there at one point the one very socialist bartender was trying to start a uh a union for it and I just thought like one well, I'm usually against unions uh and depending like if it's like a very dangerous job or something like that could be helpful but like a lot of cases they're just not necessary and I'm like especially in a restaurant industry <laughs> with a high turnover and mostly part-time jobs like we don't need a union here like that's stupid and like, if I'm unhappy I just leave like most people like I don't want to work here anymore I want to go to a different sucky restaurant and work there for <laughs> a while and then and you continue the cycle or you find a different career or something like that too like it's just like not something to unionize um but uh so I guess like similar to so it's just but that's the thing of like I'm going to leave this job if I'm unhappy with it like and I'm also but I'm I'm not completely against people like we want to try and make this place better if you're going to try and stick it out and 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 make those changes I don't think I'm I'm not opposed to that either but I also don't think that like you can you can request it you just like but forcing them to change for you though it's like well it's their company ultimately though like you can either try to convince them and 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 change that and if you can't then then choose to leave instead of like trying to bring in other things to like force that change i consider well, i i consider a lot of what it comes down to with labor versus employee that it versus employer is that it's well it's a it's a deal and there should be some negotiation involved in that. Um, if there's an industry-wide problem with how labor is being treated, then maybe they need to renegotiate and force. I don't believe that they should hold the industry hostage. I think that is totally wrong. Um, but it should have some give and take. Like the employer has things they want from you. You have things you want from them. And if you guys can work out a deal, that's great. But like, for example, I was, I was a, uh, an adjunct at a university and they have been adjunctifying positions across the board in academy for decades now. And basically that means you're a contract employee, but they make you teach the same amount of workload essentially as oh, right, right. a full-time okay. employee, but yeah. with none of the benefits and no job security. So you might not be invited back. And also your job, your contract being renewed is based on whether or not you complain to them about working conditions. Like maybe you don't have an office or a working computer or, uh, Oh, um, you don't, uh, uh, you don't have enough publication. They still want you to publish too. Like what? Well, I don't understand. They want you to do everything for nothing essentially is what it is. And then at the same time, 
if your students aren't pleased with their grades because they they do teacher evals, but their teacher evals, you know that they're going to be they're going to be affected by whether or not you're passing the class, right? So then like they, so you basically end up having poorer education for it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, so it's affecting the teaching labor in the fact that they're not getting good working conditions or good benefits or anything like that. But it's also affecting the the ultimate service that the university is providing and giving bad service. So to me, I'm sort of like, it's in the best interest of the industry for the adjuncts to fight back uh, at that point. Because I, I know, because I was inside of it, and I did, and it was like that at every college. There wasn't, there it was. It's not like oh, I could go to a different company with a different culture. Like that wasn't a thing. Right. It's not really a right. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's a big that thing. Was, if the whole thing is bad, yeah. Yeah. If the mm. whole thing is bad, then yeah, you guys need to band together and make some get some negotiations on the table. Like okay, but I just think teacher that unions. If they stick around for too long, they become monstrous. That's the, They're yeah. Just, I mean, a lot of teachers unions and stuff like. Uh, they just I, become like for the, pe- for the people at the top of the union. That's mm-hmm. all that's there. And I'm, and so that's why I'm like, you get five years and then you better disband. That's my. I thought. like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Even five. So my, my last job, the one that I suggested that you might want to look into, um, they, they were really, although they got, oh my God, my goose. <laughs> you really can hear that. <laughs> Just always yelling. Um, they, although they were like, they had some wokeness about them. Uh, they were really great though, as, as the, like, and my, my immediate, or yeah, like the, my department head boss, she, she talked about how like there were certain changes that they were trying to do to fix something or another, but then she was just like, and then inevitably in two years when things like, you know, don't, don't last and like think there's a problem with it again, we'll re we'll readdress this. And it was just like, yes, thank you for recognizing that. Like, Hey, because like in working in the restaurant, like a second city there too, it was just like, we did this one thing to solve this problem here and now it's done forever. And there's never going to be a problem with it ever again. And it's like, no, this that's been a constant problem since then and um so just like it was nice to have a manager recognize that like yeah like hey things aren't always going to stay the same like uh, everything changes too like even if this works right now if we change later on we need to make sure that like this this still is applicable and and uh, so that was just really great to like have her like even say without being prompted she was just like saying like hey this is going to happen um and i think that's great and 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 something so like when you're if the company's willing to work with you, and ultimately for second city too they um they were trying to push and i didn't find out about it until like a week and a half before we were going to vote it was like six months that they were pushing for this and somehow i just was never taught like they were going around talking to everyone and no one ever talked to me about it so like this was blindsided me i was very against it because i just thought it was stupid and thought like that's gonna hurt us overall though because like everyone was going to be forced to to join it to work there like and if you're already working there i was like no this is bad um but they and ultimately they they expected it to be like 70% uh, voting for it and 30% against it. Cause I went to like the meetings and stuff that they had. So that way you can like talk about it and try and engage or try to like work things out. Um, it was just like all of the, the employees and, and when it came to the votes afterward, like remember the general manager, like I guess he was like panicking and like and worried about it. Cause he would have been fired and stuff too. And, and it was 70, 30, 
in the other and the opposite direction. Where, uh, you can never predict those things. Like I, I love, like I mean, there's the the thing about polling, and they were like, "Oh, we we predict this," and I'm sort of like, "Who did you ask?" Like yeah. there, there is time. There, people there were secretly. Time. Of yeah. pretending that they were going to vote like I remember like they wore like pins and stuff and like one girl was saying like told, told me like oh like you know I just have to wear it because like they felt pressured that like they were being cornered in like the, the elevator or whatever and like feeling pressured to say that they were going to and so then they hated it yeah you can't I, I don't know like it seems kind of silly to pull people because it's like they're they could lie they could totally lie and also your dem your demographics you're probably you might be Un, un meaning to or meaning to uh you know get a weird demo that is slanted and here's the thing about that when it comes to like national polls and stuff is that like m a lot of polls that are for in in prep for like something big they <laughs> there's very few of them that are not actually a marketing campaign mm -hmm. And that's something that, like, I don't think a lot of people are aware of. I used to work in survey. So we'd call, we'd call, call people and ask them questions. And sometimes they were political. And the thing is, is that, like, a lot of these were, were marketing campaigns. They were not actual polling. They were an attempt to sway votes. Oh, and yeah. including the publication of the results is an attempt to sway votes. Because you want to move with the crowd. Yeah, you're going to, like... <laughs> feel pressured to just say like, oh, if everyone else is doing this, then I want to too. And yep, I, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's, I mean, I'm not surprised by that, but that makes a lot of sense. There are some polls that are legitimate, but it's kind of like, you kind of have to like really look at their methodology and who they're asking and wh who's paying for it. That's another one that you really should pay attention to. <laughs> so the guy that was, that was trying to get it started, he was working with this one union though. And eventually someone, he was, I, I was confused by like, who this other bartender, what side he was really on, like whether he was pro union or not, but cause like, he's like the, the GM had asked him to ask asked the the bartender trying to do the socialist guy was like the democratic socialist was like are you uh, are you getting paid by by the thing and he he answered truthfully he said that you're know, like oh i you know i was waiting for someone to come around and ask me that like but yeah like they are giving me a little something to so he was like trying to downplay it though I'm like <laughs> well, yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense though that like of course you have incentive to try and do this because you're getting well like i mean i get it that's very capitalist of you as a democratic <laughs> socialist but uh <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, I know. I like Wait, well, most people do something for some kind of incentive. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, it's most people are self-interested. We even if it's it's something not money monetarily based, but they right. almost everyone does something Which for self-interest. Uh, and then when I heard that, too, like, I I didn't care. Like, I just thought uh, it was so. But as far as like the socialism thing goes, it's like, oh, it seems kind of kind of weird. But yeah, looking back on that now, but like at the time, like, I don't care that you are, though, like that makes sense to me. It's the it's just the general concept that I think sucks. And but like he was friendly, like even on a smaller group, like we would talk and like we would all be friendly with one another. Of, of I, There were other people who who agreed with me who were very much like liberals and stuff that they were just like the the leftist but not necessarily socialist or not necessarily wanting like that they just I don't know it was just kind of interesting because I'm like I never talked politics but it was just kind of funny to like oh I, you guys like we are in agreement over here maybe for different reasons but but even talking to him like we were all, all at least still friendly and I appreciated mm -hmm. that ability uh tree surgeon all, oh go ahead 
I was going to say, it seems hard to find that kind of like, we disagree, but we're nice to each other. Yeah, like, yeah, he wasn't a jerk. And, and, and maybe you can maybe say to you that it was just like, oh, you're being friendly outwardly, though, like, even if you maybe you're annoyed or something, but like, at least we, at least uh, externally, we were all being, being civilized and friendly. Cause like, even at the end, I remember like, oh, we're hugging goodbye and stuff, though. Cause it's just, <laughs> But like we weren't like hating each other, and I still don't even hate him. I disagree uh, strongly with his politics and and the idea. But like he was a really friendly guy. Like I, he was just a nice person, though. Um, Tree Surgeon said I worked for UPS that is under the Teamsters, and I've seen people get away with crazy stuff. Like a guy they wouldn't let be fired after contaminating the facility by kicking open a hazmat package. Yeah, so they protect. There's a a, a point of like unions helping to protect people but then like that are innocent or like that might be hurt or something but then when it's like going too far like well you know like you said like after five years though like you've probably gotten what you want even even with like activists now and stuff too like if you're trying to like women equality and all these things like we have but like mostly <laughs> it's all done like now you're just trying to like grasp at straws and like we're trying to find something to be angry with and yeah uh, and so it's just ridiculous hi peter Lim. Welcome. Yeah, the thing uh, is about, um, like, I think it is against a union's best interest to protect incompetent people. Yeah. Because it gives them a bad name. Because yeah. then we For have sure. store, we have ammunition against them. You protected this person that endangered other workers. And that's not for workers. That I, Why did you do that? Like, <laughs> but then, and it would maybe work better if the if the unions like if they had someone to hold them accountable because then it's just like once you're in power you're there forever so then it's like it doesn't matter you can protect everyone and uh but if you're, you're like hey this was bad like now we're able to like negotiate or say somehow that like that you're not welcome here now and um that would be helpful but like it's always a thing of like once you have power you can't do anything about it so yeah it, it, and it corrupts people it absolutely does which is why i don't think anyone should hold any position of power for very long <laughs> no especially <laughs> politics too i think that <laughs> for a while sometimes i was saying like i think anyone who wants to go into politics you maybe you can only be uh, i think on the nice end i was like f- four years um, mm. at a time and you can't you can't be because then that way like, you're accumulating like whatever power and connections and stuff I think on the more extreme end I was just like four years total if you're like and whatever <laughs> you're doing you get you get four years uh, it's your chance to be in there and I don't care what position you have once you've done four years you're out you can't do anything else well and it's not just pol- like politicians that are elected but it's also kind of these positions that are long term like mm-hmm. you think about it from a corporate perspective there are job there are a lot of really big companies right now who've had people working for them as CEOs and you know major directors of projects that are screwing up left and right all the time on the project not on the social side of things where they're like oh they they like having sex with a lot of women and People think that makes them a bad person. Not stuff like that. I'm talking about like they screwed up the projects. Right. They've, you know, or they violated the law with the company, you know, like by doing something that the company, they made the company do something that it shouldn't have done. And it's their responsibility. It's on their plate because they're the CEO. And so these, but they stay in their positions and they stay in their positions. You have to literally have like a me too 
accusation to get them out. Right. And, <laughs> and it's like, that's not, no. And they do that. Because they're bad at their job. <laughs> they do it with anyone. And I get back to like politics too, though, like that, where they, that's how you get people out of power though. It's like, they hear all the terrible things that like Cuomo and you know, whatever, whoever else done, but like, Oh, but we need to get him out. Like, even if they're like the, the bad guys trying to, to do it, they're just like, well, we'll meet you him. And like, that's an easy way. Like we yeah. don't have to get him on anything else. But I guess it's the same, like any justice system stuff too. It's like, well, we can't get him on like all the murders, but we'll get him on this technicality because at least he'll be in prison or something. But Well, and I think when it comes to this stuff about getting people on something like Me Too, which the public is behind, versus getting some getting someone off, like out based on what they've actually done that was wrong. The reason why they go for something else is not because, oh, it's easier. It's because if we got someone out of their position for what was actually really bad, we would have to look at all the other people who did the same thing and get them out. And they don't actually want to kick those people. Out. Yeah, that's the thing. You have like, to be careful. Like everyone hates this, so we can call them out there. But like, but we're keeping everyone else that we do like in, so we won't say anything. That, that yeah, exactly. Tenomad says they don't just stay; they get recognized and promoted for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they do. They and they get awards and lauded. Like uh-huh. I mean, you, like what was that? Um, Cuomo has a book. On oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now and but yeah. They, uh, everyone does like any kind of celebrity thing too. Like you know what O.J. Simpson saying. Yeah, uh, if I, if I did it, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let me tell you, I didn't do it, but if I did, did. this is how it would have happened. Jesus, um, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I mean, and and the, I think that's a lot of the stuff that the that the boys actually tries to talk about is these people who are just really entrenched and hard to get out of like the woman at Vought she's kind of a monster and she is that the blonde one the, the blonde about? woman okay okay yeah uh Very and she she's she's so she won't get out of her position like and and they're they're totally cool with everything she does because she makes the money well, that's what I thought. So I'm just spoiling the first three episodes because it's all I've seen so far. But uh, where where she was telling the guy have a safe flight, the one that she like was able to convince, and because like she was able to get him to 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 go down in the payment because he was like kind of blackmailing her. So then I thought like, oh, okay. And she said, have a safe flight. So I thought she was the one that was like, oh, something's gonna happen to his flight for sure. And I thought she was the one that was doing it. So then when Homelander comes as like the main hero and just like, destroys the plane, and then she was surprised by it and she like has to talk to him. I'm like, oh, you weren't involved in it. I I just assumed, which I was kind of confused about too i'm like you just got the deal even though it was like a little bit you didn't like it I'm like did you dislike the deal so much that you wanted to kill him or uh, but then she wasn't involved so i was actually surprised that she was innocent of that particular well and if thing. you think about though the superheroes themselves represent the idea of entrenched people who mm. do horrible things but they make someone money so they right. stick right. around Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you that's know, their whole, and, they, and they're making money too. So, like, that's why they do. Yeah, they don't care. They know that they are doing horrible things. That their ability to mitigate their collateral damage is non-existent. But they don't. They don't care because they're making the money. And it's right. like that's that's pretty like like 
if, if you're talking about things that are going on in the world today, that's pretty much what's happening both in the corporate world and the political world. And it's really like just hard to stomach. Like mm-hmm. you're like, how do you, how do you even tackle this? And you know, and satire is a way to do it. Like, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, so far I am really enjoying the show. Cause I'm just like curious to see like, where's this going to go exactly. And, and also it actually reminds me of the anime, my hero academia. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it, but I've uh, heard of it. So it's a show about high school superheroes that they're trying to to become pro heroes. And but it's just the boys is way more graphic, obviously. (laughs) Um, Even like the compound V that they have, at least in the first few episodes here, uh, is that enhances like the superhero powers to some extent. Like they have something like that in my hero. Like there's an issue going around that like so it it powers them up and it's been a problem with the villains and stuff. And um, so I just kind of thought like, oh, I see some similarities here. which makes sense i mean i'm not saying that it's bad to be to to use those because it's just kind of like that's a classic thing of like you're already strong like let me how do you enhance like all these well it's like athletes using steroids right exactly yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, only just to a much uh, more detrimental to the world potentially um and uh yeah i I don't know so I, i like both both of them and my hero though they at least have like the heroes are more heroic overall <laughs> that like that they care more about like helping people out and doing things and it's yeah. not for them my, my issue with the anime though is that they because they have to be pros to do it like so the whole thing is like very there are legal issues and all that too so that's why like you can't go and save people without having like a permit or having the license to do it though because it's bad and i'm just like I, I I dislike the the regulations on a lot of things because then because even like Starlight too and the boys where she's just like I, that girl was going to be raped so I needed to to save her and then like oh but it can look bad if you you're only seeing this angle and blah, blah like yeah it's risky like that type of thing could be risky for anyone like that is realistic that someone could get in trouble for that but it's also like are you doing the right thing because of the way it. Looks for you of like what what the what it's going to show or just to help actually save a person, um, and and there is the risk that like yeah that could end up backfiring and hurting even if you're trying to do the right thing like that can totally hurt you, um, but I am just also bothered by like government regulations though for like <laughs> you can't save people you can't stop someone from hurting others unless you have a permit to do so. Yeah, that's I don't like that either. Uh, no. That's 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 distasteful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. that part of the plot bothers, and and it's there like there's it's happened like a once or twice at least though that I've seen so far in, in the anime, but um, but like when I get past it, like there's a lot of good parts too though that I I love. Tree Surgeon just mentioned One Punch Man, which is an amazing anim- anime. So I haven't good. seen it all, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I think what what deterred me initially though too and which I'm still just haven't gotten into and I know like everyone says how great it is but then it was just kind of like well if he's perfect and just does all this like am I I like watching growth I like seeing someone get stronger and like being able to like oh, you're overcoming the challenges and all that too. and I understand the point of one punch man but then it's just because like that's what I enjoy though is just like like you know the underdog well, I wouldn't say that his arc has anything to do with his actual power level like it, it's, it has it's it's character 
it's na- yeah and navigating the bullshit of the world of one punch man right. not not his actual skill level his right. skill level is actually perfect right um yeah <laughs> um but uh i i i know that a lot of people are uh like eh, over stuff like um i don't i don't know i i think it's really hard to address in art a lot of topics that we have to deal with these days because of the fact that artists do a lot of thing where they especially narratively where they build something they build a sandcastle and you hate that sandal sandcastle uh in the real world you hate it it's it pisses you off everything it represents pisses you off so you're like well this sucks well what so you give up on the story that you've been paying attention to but then they come over and they knock over the sandcastle at the end of the story. And, or they say this, or someone goes, the sandcastle is poison. It's made out of toxic material. And it's like, the, and I don't think a lot of people realize how often that happens in narratives that, that if you're addressing an issue of today, that they may be building it first to knock it down. Yeah. Oh yeah. People, are you saying that like when people get upset by something like how, how dare that they bring up this issue though? Like they, yeah. like, you're not even allowed to talk about it. Like, or they're, or they're showing it that it seems good. Like, well, maybe in the end they'll show like that, like this doesn't work out and that this is, is bad. And like, maybe it's not immediately, there's not Obvious. the immediate graf- gratification of saying like, this is terrible. Like, or, but, but so that way you see, you don't just have like a, going back to how I met your father, where it's just like you don't have a perfect lesbian character where nothing happens. Like, no, like it's comedy. So like you have to have bad stuff happen to her. That's what makes it funny. So then when you're building the, you know, the sandcastle and stuff too, that's just like, yeah, this is terrible, but we need to see, see it in action first. So that way you, like, you, you, you see how bad it is. And yeah. then because like, you might know in real life, but like within the show itself, like you want to kind of explain Establish that. it. <laughs> yeah. You need to establish first that it exists before you can knock it down. I felt that way about Loki uh, mm. and the TVA. Like I I was like, wow, these people suck. Like from the yeah. first episode. Yeah. First episode, I thought they sucked. Immediately, I'm like, this, is, this seems like a terrible world to live like that their lives there yeah. I'm like that seems just awful even if even if they weren't writing it to be bad at the end though I was like what a sucky play I was hoping that they were gonna like this has to be bad but, but like they were building a uh-huh. sandcastle to knock over they were right. and yeah I, and I thought that I, was good I that's why I think you can't when you when someone's establishing something in a narrative you can't necessarily judge it from the first episode to say that this is where they're this is they're supporting this by showing it that's not hardly ever true like writers don't good writers don't always uh, don't do that because of the fact that like the point is to show you that this concept is bad like you know or is questionable in some way you know mm-hmm. that in the wrong hands it's 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 not a good thing like there's there's all i've i've all the best work does this like honestly builds a sandcastle to destroy um the thing is about a tv show like the boys though is that like you have to have the sandcastle exist forever for as long as the show exists the sandcastle has to exist you know you can say that that you can show that the sandcastle is bad. You can fight you against keep the fighting, sand, yeah. But you have to keep fighting the sandcastle. It has castle. to be there. There has to. I mean, especially in a superhero thing, there has to be bad guys. Um, yeah, but exactly. 
There, but everything to make a story, you need conflict. That is just by definition. Yeah. That's an <laughs> anecdote. Um, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I just, uh, uh, but yeah, and then and and it's good too, where you're just like, I dislike this thing. Like, yeah, you should. Like, that's the point of it being the bad thing. But then, but I guess like in today's, they, they just they don't like they don't like stories because they just want everything to be shown. Like, here's what I'm preaching to you. This is everything that's like perfect ever. And the only bad guys that you can have are like white men being being you know supremacists of some sort to whatever yeah. minority group. Um, and if it's not that, then everything else is wrong. Uh, I know that sometimes when I, I think writers, especially in TV shows, do a misstep where they have their bad guy win too often mm. and win in impossible situations. And that yeah. pisses people off no matter what you're trying to show. Like, honestly, it's a sign of bad writing, um, of, of a failure, of, of a misstep, a major misstep. Um, they did it in Avatar, The Last ben Airbender, honestly, with Azula. She was unkillable. I'm like, for yeah, that was, they, yeah, I did not like her. Well, and no one's supposed to like her. No, that's clear. But she wins too often is the problem. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I can still like, a, I mean, like, I love Zuko, even before they kind of made him more of a good guy. I did too. <laughs> because, I mean, because again, like we were saying earlier, he's uh, characters that are flawed. So like it, when you show like the human side of things and then, and it got more like once he became more of a good guy, but like Azula, she they kind of later on sort of showed like she had they had high expectations of it like she was the better child from to the parents and stuff too so I can kind of see like all right I kind of get why maybe like you were this but it was just like you're too you're too strong and it just gets annoying though like you're not relatable you yeah well and uh, it doesn't work for plot honestly that she wins as often as she does uh, it, they she needs to win as often as she does so that the story continues but they don't write it well mechanically mm -hmm. cuz they literally made fun of one of their missteps in that Ember Island players episode uh or they yeah they just yeah, where they have her surround her they surrounded her and she like she like in the ember island thing she like look over there and like runs away or whatever <laughs> because it's like yeah how did she get out of that like mm -hmm. <laughs> like they were and that was during the play right that was at that the, was that was the recap play, but that it was a recap of what they actually did in season two right I just, and it was it was, a, it was frustrating and that scene was a major so that they like, acknowledge it they acknowledge how bad it was it was a very bad episode <laughs> That I do, I like that play too, because there are just other things too, where like they did Jet and really dies, and, the, and the, even the main characters are like, "Wait, did Jet, Jet die?" die? <laughs> I thought they, like, didn't, they didn't know, like they didn't know for sure what happened. See, a lot left. of people like G Man called it a filler episode. I've heard it called a filler filler episode a lot, but the thing is, though, is that that episode actually addresses that it, it has it's it it's them admitting things that they maybe didn't do quite so well mm -hmm. like so, the fact yeah, that Katara yeah. is a little weepy and says the word hope a little bit too much oh yeah like they that was their episode like it is they needed another episode that is absolutely true but it is also the episode where the writers said we know we fucked up in these moments Here are these, and we're yeah. sorry <laughs> and I think that, and I think that's awesome too to just kind of like yeah at least like we're already thinking it so like you are acknowledging it that's great and and I also love too because like Toph is just played by that big bulky man though and she's like wait <laughs> yeah. is that, that's the cool so she's just super excited she's it. just so happy about yeah. it 
She loved it. I, I thought that was hilarious. I, I love that series. It was one of the best TV shows ever, honestly. And that the series finale is just perfect. I and that's so rare. So I'll say, and I'm not saying this specifically, but I, I, think, I don't remember if I was reading or talking, whatever it was about. Like, oh, I think I was reading some list and or article about how characters who who won't kill off like the ultimate bad guy though or something though but and and i don't think this way for ang i'm just it just reminded me of it though because it's like you'll kill off like the bad guys oh yeah, and yeah the yeah, lower yeah. ones and stuff but then it's like oh here's this thing i'll give you a chance like i can't do it i'll let you repent but like we can't and it's like why you killed off like all these minions and stuff too <laughs> but, and ang's character works out because his whole i mean which i thought was kind of lame i'm like nah i don't care like beat it like <laughs> they're, they're terrible kill. But, uh, but for his character i think that works out because he was all about like he wanted to be more more pacifist and he wanted to try and, and be peaceful so uh him always trying to do it that find a way that's like not ultimately going to destroy someone like that made sense um, well, and i think part of it wasn't just about not wanting to end someone's life but not wanting to have to take that action for himself like from his, yeah, from his own yeah, from his. spiritual point of view, like how that might harm him to do that to someone else, which is to me, uh, honestly, like something that's not addressed enough when we talk about violence is that like, it, when you, the psychological, there is a psychological impact from doing something violent. Like, and in the boys, the Frenchy guy in the second or third episode, like he he acknowledges that too. He's like, I think about that woman in the elevator and like what her life was and stuff too. Like, and I think about her all the time. Like she was the first person I killed because he he's killed a lot of people for. I guess he, I'm still kind of confused what he is. Like he's just a hire. He, he gets hired to kill. be sort of an assassin, but in like a <laughs> figuring out how to kill superheroes, I guess. But uh, no, I don't quite know. I don't no, think. what surges. <laughs> but uh yeah so it's just one of those things where it's like okay like you're not a psychopath but you like so like this does take a toll on you to some extent and and I wonder about that for myself because to me I I talked about this before how like I can't kill animal like I'm so bad like i'm able to do some bugs and certain things but like anything else like it just it, the, the concept of me because i think about it too like if i'm going to step on an ant and i just think like you're you're about to die like you will no longer exist here your life is gone like and that and just for my own mortality it terrifies me so i'm just like if someone did that to if i get run over by a superhero on the street or something, <laughs> you know, like, so so it might be a little bit less of them and just like fe fearing my own mor mortality but like so i think about that and then like, i can't kill this ant but uh but i have also thought too that like i would have no qualms at all like if if someone is threatening or like if they're in self-defense i will easily shoot but it's also for a human though because like they have the understanding to be able to like like you're you're doing this intentionally like an animal i can i would still feel bad if something's attacking me though like i'd feel bad killing it because it's 
it, it's not like <laughs> the motivation isn't to like I'm I'm evil and I'm you know it's gonna be first <laughs> degree. It's that they're it's instinctual or they're hungry or whatever like that. Like yeah, I still want to defend myself, but I'll feel bad. But for a human, I just don't think I would feel very bad about that. Like if I feel the need, like that means you're trying to kill someone else though. Like you're threatening to some yeah. uh, whatever enough physical Severe bodily harm. Yeah, yeah, that I feel comfortable in, in doing this, and I just. And, and I, I've, I've never, and I hopefully will never have to, to, uh, deal with that. But, um, but so far, just like, it's trying to be mentally prepared. Like, I just don't have an issue with that concept though, because I think they've made their decisions to do that at that point. Yeah, I know. I, I, I do agree on, on that. And, and see, I guess to some extent, there's the idea of, uh, the difference between self-defense and vengeance the, the like, mm. cause, cause I've seen some people do some really horrible things in revenge. No one's an active threat and they've done something and they do something very violent in vengeance. And I, I know that it's it made for great TV. It makes for great movies. I'm totally there for that <laughs> when it comes, like when it comes to story, but when it comes to reality, I'm sort of like, this is not, good on most levels (laughs) and that's where i think and probably where i get a little bit more uh maybe it'll sound that i get more psychopathic or something oh because i i kind of am okay sometimes and i guess i I waver like i go back like on on certain things go back and forth on, on like uh, an eye for an eye. So like, even I, I'm kind of okay. Like you murdered someone and like, maybe it was intentional and you, and there wasn't a punishment for you. And the person like wants to like, I, I'm kind of, I don't know if we're going to get banned on YouTube for saying I'm like, but I'm kind of okay <laughs> with the idea of vengeance of like, Hey, like an eye for an eye sort of thing. But, but it really depends on like, do, do we know for sure that this person did it? That was like, there's a serial killer, like, and you know, hundred percent that they've done this thing. And then <laughs> and, 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 even for a serial killer, like, you know, that they are still a threat. Like they're going to continue to do this later on though, yeah. too. So I would still say like that, that potential threat is, and that one's a little bit easier, but like one murder, like you killed my child or something. I'm in like, you're not currently a threat, but I'm going to get rid of you. Like I, I have more, I have trouble like really arguing against that though. Like, I, I don't think I feel that bad. I honestly don't either, but the I think the difference I'm trying to convey is maybe the thing that bothers me is when people are sadistic about it. Sure, yeah. That, to me, I'm like, you don't have to be sadistic uh, to, like, I, and even Buddhist monks have said that, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a pacifist, but if it is more harmonious for me to take this person out of the universe, I will. Like, so i mean and it's like well the i buddhist harmony kind of argument you know text could support that like i totally you know like that makes sense in a way so like in, in even in bringing it back to avatar he could have killed him and it been and it for the greater good and it wouldn't and it would have been for the better harmony which was um uh the the what was that previous avatar like there was an airbender he talked to uh, right before a previous avatar he talked to that said that i can't remember now um, essentially made that argument that like it uh-huh. is more you know like it is right it, uh and i think the kiyoshi kiyoshi said it and uh um, is that an airbender she's, oh, i thought she's that was the, the earth one 
she spoke to he spoke to her and and an airbender um and the airbender said that you know the avatar has more responsibilities than just their own spiritual well-being but then like um yeah kiyoshi said that it's more harmonious to take him out so just do it <laughs> I, I am hesitant though to to say anything about the doing something for the greater good i've never liked that even when i watched like Charmed. yeah i know as a kid though, because it was just like, and I liked that and without really fully understanding like my own values and things too, where they they even argued against like the elders would tell them like that you're doing this, like they're fighting for the greater good or greater good. And um, they have to like kill this innocent person for the greater good. And like, well, and even before that, but I was like, that was a really good part or it's just like, well, you can't do that though. Like that's, you're yeah. taking. Um, I guess so. it's the difference between this innocent person or the fire Lord Ozai, who's planning to burn right. entire, the entire earth kingdom to the ground. Uh, like. I guess that's what, yeah. and, 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 I, and I think maybe I'm saying just like the, the phrase, the greater good, because yeah. you, you can be very specific on Ozai is definitely a threat. Like you can, you can give examples of like why he's a threat and why, like, you're not just generally saying like, Oh, the, everyone will be happy like a, for the greater good. Like, yeah. like no, he is th a threat right now, currently. Like, and so I would, I I would actually consider it still self-defense at that point when you're like yeah. overall like you're in charge of this i think you can still argue self-defense for it um but then like anytime it's just kind of like well we do this because it'll end up being better for everyone but like well who's everyone like how, who you know this is yeah this regiment, well, like, I mean, who, we, we, hear, we heard that a lot in the last two years why don't mm -hmm. you just do it for everybody else like i totally like get what you're what you're saying there because that was it's not Carter actually, talks about it a lot too. I know it's not actually a good argument like to say that you do these things for the greater mm -hmm. no 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 no. you got to explain how yeah. you have to establish that this is bad this action is bad or this Build action that sand is castle. yeah you have to establish this and then you have to explain how it impacts people if I do this or I don't do this and you know like you have to explain that that result is more valuable than other things like this is like to me there is like and carter i think carter would agree with me that there you have to establish these parameters for that argument to work right <laughs> yeah and i think everything yeah it's contextual though too so that's why and and i and i think then when you're saying greater good i'm like yeah that's subjective though but if you're giving these examples and we're agreeing on that too or and just again that if it was self-defense like that is uh if we all agree on on definitions by that though like i think yeah i'm that's why i think it's just using that, that this particular phrase of it yeah. like, okay well, let's talk let's let's make sure that we're on the same page here like, specifically and then and then go yeah it's sort of like that movie hot fuzz every time someone said the greater good every it had to be repeated like i don't oh, really yeah. notice that <laughs> i don't think there's I've a point oh my god you have to see that movie. okay so okay great. But there's a there's a part where and it's memed now because someone he's he's like the greater good and they go the greater good and he's like, <laughs> speaking of which it's Simon Pegg who is in the oh, voice. Yeah. he's his dad oh, yeah. and there's a reason for that I, my boyfriend just told me about that today yeah go ahead yeah he's Simon Pegg was hired to play Huey's dad who is played by Jack Quaid who's Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's oh. son. By the I way. didn't know that. Oh, he looks a lot like. Yeah, now great. that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, looks kind of familiar. Yeah. So he, uh, but Simon Pegg plays his dad, and the reason why he plays his dad is because in the comic book, Huey looks like Simon Pegg mm -hmm. on purpose. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's supposed to look like Simon Peck. Are, are so, people saying that it wasn't on purpose? Or no, you, no, no, no. Like some people think it's a coincidence, and it's like oh, it's okay, not, okay, yeah. You sounded it's very not a coincidence. <laughs> they did Adam, that on purpose. Yeah. It's sort of like how Nick Fury, the new Nick Fury in the comic books, like twenty years ago, looks like Samuel Jackson. Oh, that's I didn't know that. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, that's oh. before he was hired to play. I knew that they made him black, I, but I didn't realize that it was like they made him he look. Literally, they like literally him. went to him and said, could we make Nick Fury look like you? And he that's said, awesome. sure, if I get to play him, if you make I, a movie. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that Simon Pegg was, because when I saw him as the dad at first, I just, because he looked kind of like older and, and it was just kind of jarring. I didn't expect him to be in this they're like why is simon Pegg in this so at first i was just i didn't recognize him like oh that's him like why is he in this and, uh, and i so i think that's interesting I, still, I don't really know why they would have chosen him to make it look like he like the well, son but... huey was not american in the oh, oh okay okay yeah so if that that kind of adds something oh and by the way it is an eric kripke show and he did supernatural right which i love so which i also I, think it took two seasons for them to get into that because i was just yeah. like this acting is terrible like sam was terrible <laughs> he was but like so eric i always thought eric Kripke would have made supernatural a little bit more graphic had it not if he been, on been mm -hmm. yeah and now i feel like i'm right because he did the boys yeah <laughs> but like yeah he uh so he, that's why jensen eccles is in the new season and I, i've um, heard it. i'm very excited yeah and jim beavers is in season two and season three who was he uncle Bo he's bobby bobby uh, singer yeah, okay. in supernatural and the funny thing is about that is that his character's name in uh, the boys is robert singer <laughs> when and his name was Bobby before in Supernatural. Oh, okay, that's, and and Bobby that's, Singer in Supernatural was named after named someone after. behind the scenes called yeah. Robert Singer. Yeah, I know. It's like there's a lot going on there. Um, oh, but there's I like a, that. in the first episode when they introduce uh, Billy uh, Carl Urban's character, who I have a huge crush on. Carl Urban. By He's the way. amazing. Yeah, He's so good. I love him but, as Billy. Yeah, he's so good. When he introduced himself to Huey and he said he was from the FBI, I busted a gut laughing because I was like, no, he's not. I know if Eric Kripke wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard at that scene because I I think some of the stuff, like some of the stuff he does is a, is a nod to his supernatural fans. Like if you watch mm. Supernatural, you'll you'll notice some of it, but it's it's very Good. light touch though. It's very light. I watched um, all 15 seasons of Supernatural, so. I got to 10 before I was done. <laughs> you bowed out, like, no, I kept powering through. I loved Castiel, he was my favorite. And so I mm -hmm. just kept powering through. Um, and I loved like they had like such fun silly episodes and stuff too that I thought were great like they they did a crossover with Scooby-Doo like I never saw that, that one that I saw amazing. I've seen photos of it like online and stuff it's hilarious so just like they're so I love shows that can be so playful about it and so that they uh, and and ones where like you're taking stuff seriously but then you can have fun and, and I guess I, that's why I love my D and D campaign though too, where it's just like here right now we've got like even heavy stuff going on, but like the the, the players, they'll they play it uh, genuinely, but like they, they're still like doing a lot of jokes and bits, so like they're still like making light 
in it, but also, I don't know, you're, they have the gravity of it, but also have the the lightheartedness still with it too. And so, and I think Supernatural, uh, I like that about it where it's just like, okay, this part here is serious or, but then other times we're doing something serious, but we're also going to make fun of how serious we are during this too. And, yeah. Um, I, uh, to, to speak to the whole idea that I said earlier that a good showrunner or creative mind behind a thing will keep like things on a good path writing wise. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's an episode of Supernatural where, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Fuck. Dean hooks up with a woman. Like he's, he hooks up with women all the time by this point. Like it's normal for him. And then she has a baby and it turns out to be an Amazon and she's trying to kill him and everything. And after that episode, Dean hardly ever has sex with a woman he doesn't have a like longer relationship with. And I felt like that was very well done that he, they actually had like him learn something from that moment. Things didn't like reset to how Mm -hmm. they were before you know, he actually was like, well, maybe this isn't great, you know, to do, like, for himself. Like, not necessarily that, like, oh, it's bad to treat women yeah. like this. But no, that wasn't really the impact, I felt, like, that he had. I love shows that have, like, arcs that really grow. I mean, I will say, too, I love episodic sitcoms though too like I, I uh, the corner gas is one of my favorite shows and that's so great but I think what I have an issue with though is something that ends up kind of like building something and then resetting though where uh and I, I never finished watching it but Silicon Valley um did that uh, because like I, I don't remember season one or two but it was just like they built something that was going to go somewhere and then it ends up falling apart and they just kind of like reset and it went back to the beginning I was like that's really upsetting that like that they ended up like not not following I don't know following through like making it bigger I zombie is one that I really like I know and that was a comic at first and I know it changed in the uh with the tv show it made it more like procedural uh murder mystery thing for a while mm-hmm. but I'll spoil some where it's they they end up building up the world like first it's just like here's this murder that's happening at each episode and then the zombie thing gets bigger and eventually like the whole show like it starts revolving like the world of zombies and like they have to so it just it grows and grows. And I really liked the development of that series. Um, I, but, I sadly never got past season one of iZombie. <laughs> sad, I love detective shows. So like, so I just kept going in, but like, if you ever give it another chance, it just, it does get into like, how does the zombie, how do they work in the world of humans and stuff too? And they're dynamic and it, like, and like, it just, yeah, it gets to a head and stuff too. And it just, I, I liked it expanding and like getting bigger. Um, Hi, zombie. What's another one? Yeah, Silicon Valley didn't do that well. Uh, there's a th- another one I was just thinking of. I lost it. But but anyway, yeah. So I just, I I appreciate writing like that where you can like really develop something, like especially that you've had planned um, instead of like, like lost. I don't, I've heard both things. I'm like, there's no way. They, they never, they did not plan where they were going with that like that. And if they did plan, then that was just bad writing, like because that was just silly. Uh, as much as I, I love, uh, a certain character like Jacob was Cray, and I love Mark Pellegrino, but it was just and there were certain parts to it that I liked. But but when you went to the ending, I'm like, what's happening here? Wait, did ha- I think the end was planned, but the stuff in the middle was a mess. Like, honestly, yeah, well, like- I think like the very, very end, but then it was just like even what they were explaining was just kind of like uh, to get there. I'm like, ah, 
you didn't know exactly how, like what was going to happen. I think if they, they knew where they wanted to get to, and I think they should have known like the why and stuff more. And I don't think they knew that. So then when they're just trying to like fumble their way through and then makes some pieces though together at the end. So it was just like, nah, this feels weird. I, I, I don't consider JJ Abrams to be that good of a writer. Honestly, I watched all of lost I watched all of Fringe. I loved Fringe for the longest time. But he sets things up and he doesn't follow through on them. He's mm. zoo- he does he just like this is mysterious yeah. and interesting. And then he never answers the fucking question. He just does this all the time. And it's really annoying. I found The Force Awakens to be really pathetic. He was one of the big minds behind that. And uh because it's basically just a new hope again. Uh, but mm. with some, they're like, ooh, who's her parents? And you yeah. know exactly where, like, most of it's going. And then Ryan Johnson came in and derailed the narrative paths of in The Last Jedi. And I was like, that was a mistake. Like, that I didn't like what happened. Yeah, I did not, because J.J. Abrams called away to another project. But, like, I no. did not like the narrative paths that The Force Awakens set up. But you can't then just veer off of all of them. Horrible. Yeah, and then on the third movie, veer back onto them. <laughs> That's why those movies suck. Is that it's like I'm sorry, but the the first one is pretty pat and you know typical, and then the second one is a mess and does has no story continuity with the first one, and then the third one is more like the first one. But still, it's like, oh, you're so disjointed. Deal with all this bullshit. And, it's so yeah. disjointed. I really don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, again, like, if you have a full story, it's bad to, like, keep the person who the idea is, like, keep them going, though. If you get rid of them, like, it's just such a bad idea. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, whatever it is. Like, if you've got some problem in real life with the, like, like you just need to know going in ahead of time that, like, this is we're gonna need to make sure that we we get on the same page and we can work together for all of these because like we don't want to change um there's a really famous so jj abrams is behind the new star trek movies too uh uh, which is stupid but like it's like there are two different minds and and tones behind those two franchises it's really weird to get the same guy to do both and the problem with jj abrams is that i literally he was on the daily show you can find this where because it's a funny joke but like jj abrams says i was never really a fan of star trek and then he's he goes on and on for a bit and john stewart says this is a while ago obviously because the 2009 is when the first star trek movie came out and in John Stewart says in reply, I heard you say you weren't a fan of Star Trek, and I saw that your lips were still moving, so I assumed you were apologizing. Because you really shouldn't take a project like that if you have never really watched any of it or care about it in any way. You have to be somewhat of a fan. You can't just, eh, it's just a project, it's just a job. Especially when there's this huge group of people spanning many generations at this point who care about this. Yeah, Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, like, it it works so much, but I don't know, this this reminds me, there's the, I don't know why I thought of this the other day, the movie 
Bridge to Terabithia. So it was a book first. And the actress who played the main girl in it, though, was like a huge fan. Like she really wanted this part because she'd always loved the book. And like she really, need, and I think that can just come across well too. It's just like, if you really are passionate about this, like then you're going to put, you know, your, all your heart into it. And, and then if you're not, then, and especially for something that's already a well known uh, franchise and everything too, it's just like get someone who actually cares about it or else like it's yeah. not going to be great. Um, well, that's because these movies are not, they're not passion projects anymore. They're products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a corporate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what, I mean, this is a theme that the boys addresses a lot. This is why they make movies based on these superheroes so that they right. can make more money. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, they literally that, talk right. about the movies at the, uh-huh. in, in the first They do. Scene. Yeah, yeah, like okay, here are these projects. Like this is like the the social media. Like here are all the like they they just talk so much about like okay, how are, how are we looking? What's the money we're making? Yeah, they really they right off the bat. I'm like okay, I see now. Like again, I was just surprised by it, but it was just like I see that they are going a different direction. The two boys here. are talking about the movies. Which movie is better? Mm-hmm. Like in the very first scene, yeah. that's what's going yeah. on. They're talking about it. Oh, Translucence movies so much better than Deep's movies. No, no, you're wrong. And like, it's like, you're talking about actual superheroes. Right. And at first I wasn't sure when it was just like, okay, are they just, is this a fictional thing? And then, and and I didn't know, I'm like, are superheroes not existing yet? And now they're going to, like, what is like, I just didn't know the world yet. And so then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, these are the names of people who already exist. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, as far as writing and stuff goes, Johnny Boy Quickdraw said earlier that Babylon 5 is a great example of a show that was planned out in advance and executed well. I haven't seen that, so but it sounds, if the writing is well done, then I might like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've checked it out. Um, Abrams is responsible for the Kelvin timeline in Star Trek. Kel- I don't remember. Kelvin, ti- The Kelvin timeline is referring to the fact that... Um, uh, there, this is a different timeline than the original uh, series timeline. So, mm. and the fact that Leonard Nimoy's Spock is he, literally shows up in that movie, and that is, uh. and the the Romulans show up, and it totally disrupts the timeline. That's what happened because Kurt's dad is not supposed to die at the beginning of the movie. That's not what happens in the original timeline. So, every that's that's their way sony's way of saying we get to tell the stories we want to tell and with that and make them canon without disrupting the canon of the previous titles yeah that's what that is uh the problem with that though is that they're bad (laughs) they're not enjoyable now honestly i think star trek beyond is the best of the three that came out because Simon Pegg was one of the writers, and he oh. is a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, I don't so remember. So it has, it has more of the feel of an actual Star Trek movie. And one of the ways in which that works is the fact that Bones and Spock have this sort of like love hate relationship going on, which is from the original. So it's like you know, they kind of like brings he they bring back some of the more character driven kind of content that was in the original and uh which is why i like beyond better like beyond's not awesome it's not even one of the best star trek movies like if you were even gonna list a top five it's not in there (laughs) like but of those three i think it's the better one i can't remember i didn't did i even know that there were three i think i probably have only seen 
the first one. Into Darkness, which is a bad title, is the one <laughs> that with uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And I swear to God, I had to just struggle just now to get his to remember his name because all oh, the really? like fake versions of his name just popped up. <laughs> no, and, and I was like, no, say it, say it for real. But um, he, uh, yeah, he's Khan, and like the thing in, uh-huh. in the in the oh, yeah, like, everybody saw it coming from the trailers, honestly. But Sony's not the greatest at keeping their secrets when it comes to their movies. Like, uh, they they own the Terminator series, and they, uh, I swear to God, every Terminator movie that comes out, they have to spoil it in the trailers. Like, they're like, that's a trick, and it's going to be a trick, and that's how it's set up. It's going to be revealed in the first act, you know, or the, maybe the second act, and, but it's it's a trick, but, but we're going to reveal it in the trailer. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Why? Now I don't even need to see it. <laughs> picking the best of the new Star Trek is like picking the politician with the best ethics. <laughs> this is Johnny Boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do That's like not- these actors, though, and different. I mean, Carl Urban again. I don't like, I literally will watch anything that Carl Urban is. Yeah, I, I have to go back on because I, I think I have only seen the first one of those and I'll watch. And again, I watch a lot of bad things though. So if we consider them bad movies, then You're I should be watching. You're out here. Oh. You're like slowed down. Oh no. <laughs> Suddenly. Well, then it's a good time to wrap up, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if my internet is going down, then, then it's good. Uh, okay, well... Then uh, again, there's nothing tomorrow because Carter's been out with the coup, so he hasn't recorded any free associations. Um, so we've got Sunday Book Club, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, um, A House of Leaves. I was going to say How I Met. <laughs> so like, wait, <laughs> had the H's on there. House of Leaves by Mark Daniel Levski. Um, and Alex will be hosting that one. Uh and then maybe we'll have narrative dissonance on Monday. I don't know what Carter's status is currently. Me neither. <laughs> um, so, so that's it's uh, to be determined. We don't. Uh, we don't. Yeah, it's we don't know yet if there's going to be narrative dissonance or dangerous thoughts next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, fingers crossed that he feels better. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anything else? Am I forgetting anything? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, cool. I gotta go check on these chickens, this rooster, these ducks, and geese keep yelling. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for joining me, Alex, and for and anyone watching this too, Johnny Boy. Um, you're always here. I love it. Uh, and have a good Wednesday, Thursday. Have a good Friday, and have a good weekend, everyone. And again, happy birthday to Johnny Depp. <laughs> Um, I think he's what, like 59 or something? <laughs> I'm not sure um, how old he is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a year younger than my dad. <laughs> so, okay. Goodbye, everyone. Rolling and credits <laughs> now. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. 
And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production does not meet WHO health and safety standards. Please report to a United Nations Sanitization Center immediately. Association with the following individuals is strictly prohibited. Experts who benefit from printing money agree that printing money does not cause price inflation. Trust me, just two more weeks to slow the spread of monkeypox. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.